Wrestling Geeks show that we do two episodes we actually do two episodes per week not bi-weekly getting a mix up my other show mondays suck so does not matter either way new listeners thank you guys so much uh me and my co-host uh christopher brother ray Patton. we break down wrestling news uh we usually record stuff we don't do it live anymore um but we record stuff on thursdays and go over anything that involves nxt um and aew primarily right now but you know, it, New Japan and a lot of uh, off uh, main WWE style stuff. So news related to that, pay-per-views related to that. And now on Saturdays when we record, usually have the show out by Sunday, we go over Raw and SmackDown and the pay-per-views and news that are part of those things. And uh, good to have you with us. Past listeners, thank you guys so much. Uh, we always enjoy you. And uh, I want to, of course, you know, introduce my co-host. Christopher Brother Ray Patton, how you doing, sir? Doing wonderful, man. I got my noon beers, as you like to call it, uh, <laughs> my afternoon noon beers. And uh, yeah, well, we were going to start the shit earlier, but we just started talking about music for forever. That seems weird, right? <laughs> so yeah, me and uh, Chris decided that we need to like take some steps and provide possibly some music and or movies. Um related podcast it would just be fun you know like uh one thing i always thought about doing for a podcast and we tried it a couple times you know we probably had to keep on doing it with geek uh geek vibes over a course of time but we kind of got discouraged real quickly but casting fan casting is always so much fun uh whether it be marvel dc or whatever the hell so uh we i think we cast I believe on that episode we cast our own – we kind of put together the X-Men films and cast them. And I'm working on a new one. So maybe maybe I'll just do a podcast where I talk about it. But, and I'll, I'll talk like Bob Ross while I'm describing all my uh, characters. <laughs> well, your fan casting is great. Mine is – I'm not uh, so much as like an actor guy as a whole team guy for good films a lot of times. I, I do remember talking about this because I talked about, uh, and I can't think of the actor's name, so apologies, but I talked about Tommy from, uh, from uh, God, what is the 50 Cent show called now? Now I'm fucking spacing, of course. Oh, um, damn it. He he was just on um, the last episode of, uh, of uh, fuck, Ozark. Uh, he played a character, but yeah, who did you say that he could play? I said Guy Gardner. I said Wolverine. I thought he'd be a great Wolverine. The debate was like, is he is he size. tall enough, or is is he too tall? And I was like, well, Hugh Jackman, I think it's the same size as him, so you can fucking make it work or whatever. Are, are we I still know. people are so X-Men into that? Are we still stuck on like? I think it's a little person thing because I'm a short guy too. So like, part of loving Wolverine comes from like he's like me. <laughs> same as like Spider-Man. Like when you're a nerd, you're like, I love Spider-Man because Peter Parker is like me, right? But 
it, it really comes down to people being perfectionists with the comics and how they did them and loving Hugh Jackman, but realizing that we have a chance to get someone more his size. I don't give a shit. Um, I don't know if you watched the last season of the Ozarks, but to me, uh, Laura Kinney's character, uh, her brother, um, Ben Davis is the actor. I thought he was perfect, but he's like six, six, one. And Joel told me no. And he, and he, he always tells me no, if it's someone that goes over five ten. but you know, Man. sorry, the two perfect people to play Wolverine. One's the Punisher with John Berthal. And the other one is Venom with Tom Hardy. I don't know what to tell you. We'll try to figure out something. Yeah, Tom Hardy would be great. I mean, I, I like I said, I think that the, the character Tommy, that that actor would be really, really fucking great. You're, you're talking about um Joseph, uh, what is it, Sokora? Yes. Sokora? Yeah. He would be great. There's a lot and of he's characters. He's an inch away from being unacceptable, Chris. <laughs> he's just one inch away from being unacceptable. What is this fucking like? Vince McMahon is booking the movie. No, this is this is this is Papa <laughs> geek per- perfectionist like. Well, if you're going to have, you know, Wally West Black, can you at least have him have red hair? What the I fuck? I mean, you just give everyone fucking lifts in their shoes and they're automatically taller than that guy. Who gives a shit? You can put a three-inch lift in hey, Cyclops' shoes and he's taller than Wolverine. Who cares? I've, fucking, I've watched... Film. <laughs> it doesn't... Like, there's ways to shoot this so that it doesn't matter. I've watched episodes of Power and I, I definitely, in the last season of Ozarks, if they got him... And shit, get Amari Hardwick. That could be perfect for Guy Gardner and, and uh, John Stewart. That's a part of the Green Lanterns. He seems like he could play a real fucking big dickhead from uh, Boston. You know, he's got the I, red I, hair. I would love. I mean, I guess this is reinventing Wolverine to some extent. I mean, are are, are we just going to go with a Canadian lineage of Wolverine, or are you going to try to do something different, like having an an I uh, a man of Irish descent, for instance? Bro. Playing Wolverine would be a lot of fun. You could go into like all of the wars against Ireland that's happened. You could pull in like the, the IRA and shit if you wanted to, and like some of that crazy shit that happened in the 70s. Um, I don't know. I just, you can only tell us the origin story so many times before you have to reinvent the will. And they've done that in comics. They've reinvented the wheel a lot of times. But, like, yeah, I, I feel like he would be... It's attitude-wise, vocally kind of being like an asshole. I think he'd be great at it. I wouldn't mind a mouthy Wolverine. Well, I'm just saying, that's that's why kind of Guy Gardner is my uh, peace offering. Because he does have certain tendencies, but he's a complete fucking dickbag. He's, he, you know, there's been parts where he moons the friggin', um... The rocket, the uh, the 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 spaceship everyone else is in while they're in a meeting, and he's supposed to be in it. There's parts where he started cussing out Batman, and Batman just had it with him, and you know, Batman tries to go for self-discipline, <laughs> but just knocks him the fuck out. Like he's this loudmouth Irish dickhead. Mark Wahlberg would be actually really good for him. You know, just hey, what the fuck are you doing, Batman? What are you doing? I, I'm fucking, I'm confused, and I'm fucking angry. You know, and just do that the whole entire time. But uh, yeah, yeah, we should. So, this is wait, this proving before, it, man. We're, we've done like two podcasts, one accidentally, one on air about stuff like this. Well, before we move completely along, if you were gonna cast Wolverine and you could go back in time, do you think Jeff oh. Nelson would be a great Wolverine? 
Judd Nelson would be great, but my my perfect two guys that I think would have been amazing. One of them was offered, and then he jumped off, and then had a lot of controversy shortly after that. Um, but it is uh, oh god damn it, why can't I think of his name? Uh, married to, married to Goldie Hawn. Uh, he was an escape from New York. Um, fuck, why can't I think uh, of the fuck? Okay, why do I Kurt keep Russell? Kurt, Kurt Russell. Russell yeah. And Mel Gibson, I think both would have been great. They're actually a little bit shorter. Uh, they definitely have that type of look for it. But I do like – I love Hugh Jackman. Um, and if you're asking me – I have a couple choices for modern, but I still, because of his performance and the last couple movies I've seen him in, I still think Shia LaBeouf would kill that role if they gave him a chance to. He would, so. and we already exploded the Geek Vibes page with that one, so <laughs> – <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we yes. did. We both agreed on Shia LaBeouf. Some uh, people that want to burn my eyes probably when they hear that concept. <laughs> well, I mean, he's really good at. I mean, like, uh, what was it? Is it Honey? Uh, that last indie film that he did. What the hell's the name of it? He plays kind of a dark, introverted character that's a little perfect for Wolverine, and he's got the size. I mean, the hair is not a hard thing. Screen people, hair. people are suggesting Daniel Radcliffe because of the the exact height, and it's like I love Daniel Radcliffe. I think he's turning into a good actor and moving away from just being looked at as Harry Potter. But if I can't get Shia LaBeouf on the fucking contention concept, and we're looking at, you know, I, I'm not gonna be able to look at Daniel Radcliffe and be like, hey, I'm Harry Potter. I'm just gonna fuck you up with my clothes. <laughs> and he 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 actually's got, like I said, he's gotten better as an actor. He's done some weird films, like that one where he's like the corpse, and uh, Paul Dano is with him. What the fuck was the name of that stupid movie? <laughs> God, I, I can't. I can't wait for 15 years from now when Michael Shannon's just Magneto, and then the world will be complete. <laughs> In casting, I will give a hint that also might set off some people. Um, I cast Denzel Washington as Magneto. Well, when we when we talked about this originally, I I casted Denzel Washington as uh, Professor X, so that's very interesting because I remember us both going. Well, the reasoning it. is, and I think Michael Shannon would be fucking perfect for it. I just realized that if you're going to go with the origins of the of the comic books, you know, uh, to be able to have Magneto have his view on humanity already skewed before the mutants start getting attacked. Which everything is based obviously on the civil rights movement. That's what Stanley and Jack Kirby did with the X Men. Um, he's gonna be old as fuck. He's gonna be at the same age as Ian McKellen if we try to use the Holocaust. But if you project it, modernize it, and have you know his parents be someone that gets killed during the civil rights movement, you know, in the '60s, and Denzel, he plays off of that. That was my idea and reasoning. Some people really liked it on Geek Vibes, and some people. We're mad, and I did not care at all. I just... I, I mean, I, I think Denzel would be fucking great in that role. He played Malcolm X, you know? I mean, there's that, too. I mean, as someone that can give a good speech to the other mutants, if you look at it that way, like someone that's going to rally the troops against humanity because he's been scarred by it so much... For uh, being, yes. being black, for being a mutant, it's relevant stuff, you know? <laughs> Yeah, like um, Denzel would be fucking great. I when we were talking about it originally, obviously, uh, I like Professor X. I wasn't. I liked, about it I liked the, the rumor that he was going to play Lex Luthor. I was like, ooh, okay. 
Yeah, man. Get get Denzel like the attitude from fucking Amer- uh, American Gangster uh, as Lex Luthor, but still the intelligence obviously is there. Yeah, but I mean, that didn't happen. I I want Flight Denzel doing something in a comic movie very soon. I got that, man. So, I got that. He's so he's so fucking good in that film. That film is very underrated. Does not get enough love. Uh, I think it it's the ending around it, Sully. I, oh, you're talking about yeah, you're talking about Flight. Okay, I thought you were talking about American Gangster. It's like I love that film, and then towards the ending, it just kind of gets boring and kind of flizzles out. But yeah, Flight. All right, all right. We got to start talking about wrestling stuff. I know that we're avoiding basically talking about Raw and SmackDown, but I will say, me and you were texting during Raw last week. And we did enjoy it. They had a lot of good matches on this. Um, so I guess let's just dive in to Monday Night Raw. All right, so we had the the show start off with a match between Aleister Black and Seth Rollins. Um, it started off with a Rollins promo. Black was able to pin him by reversing a roll-up into a roll-up of his own. And after the match, Austin Theory, Murphy helped Rollins beat down Black and Humberto Carrillo. With both Black and uh, Carrillo uh, receiving stomps from Mr. Seth Rollins, uh, very out of nowhere, you know, win for Alistair Black, but good, I think. I don't think it's going to really hurt Seth Rollins. We're going to get more out of the two of these guys. I thought they worked really well, but I feel like we kind of got a sample service. So I'm, I'm hoping that we continue with some more matches between the two because I just have a feeling they can have some pretty good chemistry based on their in-ring work. But uh. I like this. Um, I don't know. Rollins, do you think he's going to snap again? Is that, is that what we're going towards? Is that this calm demeanor, he's going to have another moment where he hurts someone or something, Chris? If they hadn't buried the curb stomp, that the ending of that match would have meant way more. Because, I mean, they basically held Aleister Black down and, and let him give him the curb stomp. You know, like when Bray Wyatt takes six of the fucking things, it's it's hard to care as much. But that move is so effective. He they should have treated that move more like uh like his finisher should have been the pedigree, in my opinion, and then that be like his I'm gonna kill a guy move, uh kind of like Randy Orton's punt. But obviously it's a, we're now catch uh Captain uh, Retrospect or whatever. So it's uh I like what they're doing. It's interesting and know that. In theory, Kevin Owens should be waiting in the wing to come fuck this group up to help Alistair. If, you know, if baby faces are allowed to have friends, Kevin Owens would be a good counterpart to take down this crew one at a time and then have a, a, a match with Alistair Black, which I'm sure would be fucking phenomenal. But yes, I like the intro of the show. I thought it was a very good match. This thing went way longer than what they do with opening matches most of the yeah. time. True. And uh, it was very enjoyable. All right, so just to let you guys know, it's like, and I'm sure they might have more leading to it, I would assume. But so far we have two of the guys that's kind of considered the GOATs, the best wrestler of all time. You know, and you have Ric Flair last week saying that Randy Orton will win because he's one of the best wrestlers, blah, blah, blah. Now Shawn Michaels is backing up Edge. And still the tagline, the greatest wrestling match ever. And (laughs) the reason why I find this so fucking ridiculous, if we're going to go into the realms of just WWE, we're just saying WWE wrestling, we're not connecting any of the NWA stuff. 
you know, uh, Flair still has a phenomenal match with um, with Macho Man Randy Savage at WrestleMania, and also uh, probably one of the best showings in Royal Rumble history. Sean has some of the best matches. Period. I mean, the Iron Man match is very beloved. You know, you have obviously his match with Kurt Angle, his match with Jericho, uh, later his two matches with Undertaker. So I just think that proposing to these legends this concept of the best match uh, ever, you know, and putting that much pressure on Edge and Randy Orton, who should have had a singles match like this to begin with, is just fucking stupid. And also Lana and MVP argue backstage, ending with her slapping him. I don't care. Anyways, but uh, Chris, Shawn Michaels, Edge is going to win this. He's going to (laughs) win the greatest match of all. Do you think that Shawn gave a flying fuck about this? No, he didn't, but he also did not put over that this would be the... He basically put over his entire career and said, like, this match should be pretty good. <laughs> Whereas, like, Rick gave them what they wanted. Sean, uh, Sean is Sean, and he just basically talked about how great his matches were. And I was like, you're going to draw a comparison to some of those fucking things to this? <laughs> like, damn, you better hope Okada's invading. Like... <laughs> greatest match of all time and Sean's talking about Taker 1, Taker 2 that's him and, that's, him and Razor <laughs> yeah Jesus. like they're setting the comparison level high for WWF matches and I mean like Flair talking about like maybe it, I mean it's it possibly could be better than like Flair's retirement match which to me is like probably his shining mo- moment in WWF outside the Rumble win but his definitely to me, his best singles match uh, in WWF. But it's not like he was like, yeah, this is totally going to be better than me versus Terry Funk, empty arena. He didn't say that <laughs> shit. So uh, I, this match is doomed from the start. Anytime you go ahead and say something is going to be the greatest match of all time, it's usually a shit fest. So I, I, I think they're going to have a good match, but you're, man, they stack the cards heavy against these guys. And Randy Gordon and Edge are both performing like really good performers but i mean they're not like they're not okada you can't say okada go have the best match like if you say okada go have the best match you've ever had in your life he's probably going to deliver you that match unless the other guy dies which yeah he probably you know, would still wrestle the corpse and have a great match <laughs> i'm just saying uh you know even within their own company and 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 uh, besides okada um there are guys and dude i think randy orton is a very good wrestler. I really do. I think that when he's on, he's on. He's good with his with his uh his body and 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 the looks in his eyes when he's being devious and his the way that he he sells and certain things that he does is very fluid. I think Edge is one of the best entertainers. I, there's nothing against them, but I mean, you got people on your fucking roster like Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles uh, who I think should have an if they don't have an awesome match and they're fucking screwed for time or are limited for stuff they can do in the ring, I'm going to be pissed. But, you know, you got some of the best of all time on your roster as well. So I don't know what the fuck. Well, here's a question. Do you think they're going to tell the people in NXT to sandbag because it's supposed to be the greatest match of all time? Because uh, like, there's some shit on NXT that could be like really yeah. Great. Then there's this NXT week. by itself. <laughs> well, I mean, even if you like exclude everything that's happened in NXT, 
right? And you're just talking about this weekend building to whatever WWE is going to do next week. Like NXT could have like a 30 minute banger of a match very easily with the, the, the matchups they have. I mean, even the women's match, like I, I thought it was kind of like, I hate to say this about uh, Orton's had some good matches, but edges like had some classics. I think yeah. that I would put up there as like a, maybe like a five-star match if you're giving it a Meltzer because of TLC and shit and some of the stuff he's done. Orton has good matches. He's never had that like breakout, like, oh my God, did you see that Randy Orton match? Like he never really did. It doesn't matter his opponent, like Kurt Angle, whatever. He just, he wrestles that kind of like, uh, like I said, with um, Triple H where the opponent is almost more important than the methodical style of Orton or Triple H or, uh, Agreed. So it's 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 just a weird concept to say. I mean, they're just doing this to shit on fans who didn't like their first match. And like I said, I know the, the booking is terrible because you did the blow off match before the match. <laughs> so uh, they should have had a cage match know. right we'll, now we'll, and then ended with a with a normal match. Like fucking stupid. I mean, the only thing that would, to me, the only thing that would make sense is bring someone up to interfere in this match to put them over and get a rub from those guys. So if, like, someone like Velotine Dream comes up and gives them both elbow drops or some shit, then ruins the potential. Like, if they start out really hot and they're having a good match and you get all of the big spots right off the bat and someone fucks the match up, so it's the reason it's not the greatest match of all time is because someone fucked with it and you can put someone over that way, that would be very smart, which it sounds like they may be headed in that direction based on the news yeah. you said. I like that idea. I still think, but I mean, then there's also, there's Riddle, which obviously you don't want him coming off heelish, but you have Dominic Dijakovic. Um, I forgot, besides Velveteen Dream, who was another person rumored. Uh, I know Adam Cole wants to, but <laughs> that's between him and Dream, so it's kind of a confusing, conflicting uh, concept. Yeah, th- that's also another interesting thing that we're, we're not going to get a chance to talk about, and I think we'd forget by next week. So Adam Cole wants to go to the main roster. Uh, we kind of assumed, a lot of people analyzing kind of assumed, Dream's going to pick it up, and then Adam Cole will make his way to the roster with or without the rest of the Undisputed Era. We don't know about that whole entire thing. His his contract, and he has not resigned, he's been asked to resign, uh, is up in August. And now it's sounding that his opponent, uh, Velveteen Dream, is might be getting uh, called to the main roster, which is great for him, but also sucks that he's never had the World Heavyweight title in NXT. <laughs> and also now, what, you just keep it on Adam Cole for another... Uh, I guess Loomis would be the next guy in line. And is Adam going to get like, you know, his, his, his girlfriends over in the other company. He's got a lot of other friends in the other company. Is he going to be like, what the fuck am I, am I going to be, you know, even though we love NXT and a lot of us fans, we consider it more than just the, 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 the thing that's a measuring stick. I consider it the best WWE product. We know how much they get paid. That's a big difference. We know how there's, there are differences, and Adam Cole's a personality that, even though he's the size of Shawn Michaels, uh, just a little bit skinnier, he still could do some damage on the main product, especially if he showed up 
like Chris Jericho did with The Rock. Like you have one of the biggest stars and he comes out and starts talking shit. You know, you can definitely do it. But, I mean, do you think that there's any reasoning to believe, Chris, that he could be getting aggravated with just saying an NXT and that maybe even could have him consider his options, basically, come August? Depending on what contract they after uh, they offer him, I could easily see him leaving. Because when he went to the main roster, even when they were doing the NXT crossover stuff, they didn't book him like a million bucks. And uh, you listen to like Meltzer or Brian Alvarez, which I'm sure he listens to. Wrestlers say they don't listen to this shit, but they do. Uh, oh, yeah. About about you know, because like if you were performing, you would want to hear like your liner notes. Like it's like the same thing as playing a show. You want to go talk to everyone that watched your show. It's like, hey, how do how did I do? Is that okay? Did you like that? Um, when you when you think about Adam Cole and the fact that he's had so many great matches in NXT, and then when they put him on main, they kind of just didn't utilize him at all and put Keith Lee over. Depending on how much they're going to pay him to stay on NXT, I could easily see him unless he just forms some kind of bond with the people that are in WWE. I mean, he's a guy that's going to go anywhere and, and demand probably AW and demand a lot of money and, and be really, really great to their product like right off the bat. Like him versus like Neville, the bastard pack, or Kenny Omega. Like, there's so many other... Like, he can go have a great match anywhere. It doesn't necessarily yeah, and let's it. And let's look at this for his for other advantages. Now, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I mean, most likely he'll stay in NXT, or he'll get called up. Who knows what the hell is going to happen. Velveteen Dream might win tonight, and then just be like, all right, well, that was probably bullshit. But who knows? Uh, if there is a chance, there's a lot of reasoning that I think Tony Khan especially based on whatever WWE offers, like you're saying, might be like, you're worth more than that. His girl, his, his fiance is over there already. You know, some of his best friends he's made in the industry are over there. Um, he's already got a built-in story coming in because remember they killed Adam Cole. <laughs> so they can go along with something like that. And guess what? Uh, unfortunately, O'Reilly, uh, Bobby Fish, because their tag division sucks, and also Roderick Strong are going to go underutilized without Adam Cole. He probably will be like, wait out your fucking contract, come over here, and then eventually you have whatever they call the Undisputed Era as a unit over in fucking AEW. I mean, I mean the, the one benefit of staying where he's at is the travel schedule, but the quarantines yeah. fucked that up because the uh, wasn't the idea, like AEW is going live to record, right? So... They were traveling city to city beforehand, so you would be traveling at least a day there, a day back or whatever. Um, whereas if he's in NXT, he's able to stay there. And, and like I know that Gargano's like, I helped uh, build this company. Same thing with Ciampa. I would say a lot of it's like, I'm getting paid pretty well to be here, and I don't have to travel as much as these fucking people. On oh, the yeah. Like, that shit is brutal. They're traveling 280 days a year. If you're Roman Reigns and you did that shit for five years or whatever before he took the little height down. Hits. And like, if you include house shows and shit, that guy worked like 300 days a year. Think about that. Like, normal people don't work 300 days a year at their normal ass jobs. Yet less being bounced all over the fucking place and thrown into posts and ring steps, etc. Um, 
so I think you know that that's one benefit of NXT unless they go the route of like no NXT is also going to be live and we're not going to do it at this place anymore uh, which is hard to tell yep. right now that seemed where they were leaning to before uh, the quarantine and everything but it, it you know that's that that's the benefit of to me having a recorded show gives you a lot of especially leeway. if you're as leeway in booking prowess um, as AEW, you might have to do more pay-per-views, but I wouldn't necessarily go away from the recorded show as far as getting talent. I mean, that's how a that's how WCW built their shit up before they went live. Is the idea was like you only had to live in Orlando and drive. <laughs> so, that's it. Uh, which is the benefit of NXT, and, and if they start taking that away, I think you'll see people. Well, if I'm gonna have to travel anyways, I might go work somewhere where I'm gonna be more appreciated. With Adam Cole, I mean, he's got a lot of friends, like you said, in AEW, he's done shit with them before. Um, and and like we've seen with even someone like Sami Zayn is on the main roster. If you're just gonna have him fly all over the fucking place and be a manager, he's probably just not gonna show up. And that's the rumor is that he is just not showing up trying to get fired. Like he's like, I don't want to fucking be here. This is bad. Mm. It sucks, man. And uh, you know, another person that it just like he gets we, we talk about this every week, flip flopped to flip flopped, won at WrestleMania, off TV several weeks, comes back more comedic than ever, and his opponent that loses gets a title shot right off the bat. Uh, we had Apollo Cruz going against Kevin Owens uh, in a U.S. Championship match. Just ended. It, this was a pretty damn good match, but Tom Foolery ended it. Uh, Cruz was able to give the first U.S. title shot to anyone he chose, and he chose Owens. Andrade and Angel Garza ran into the ring and attacked both men, setting up a tag team match. Because of course that always fucking happens. That normal concept. But once again, pretty damn good in-ring stuff. Uh, Apollo Crews and Kevin Owens defeated Angel Garza Andrade. Crews pinned Andrade with a powerbomb. Definitely dissension with Selena, it seems, and Andrade. Andrade seems to be having not the best time. And, um, yeah, so Kevin – I mean, he stood tall, but, like, is he now, like, a gatekeeper wrestler? Is that is that his role? Is it whatever the hell we need you kind of big show-ish? Uh, and then the Viking Raiders and the Street Profits bold. It was actually a pretty funny fucking segment. They, they, they've been fine. It's it's it is what it is. Uh, I'm I'm looking forward to a match. Anyways, um, how did you like the setup match to the real tag team match, Chris? Isn't that a great way to do it? Well, I fucking hated it because if anything, like I said, Kevin Owens should be still pissed at Rollins and helping Aleister Black, who just got curb stomped later on the show. That's more of what I was alluding to. If you're going to do like a tag team match, it makes sense for him to be there. But whatever. They think he's a mid-card guy, I guess, and they're just going to put him in the mid-card with Apollo. Maybe they're trying to give Apollo a rub. If so, Kevin being there is not a bad idea. Um, I don't know. This poor fucking guy is signed till 2023. So <laughs> if they think he's a gatekeeper... That really sucks. Maybe he should go the Sami Zayn route and, and quarantine himself and not show up. Ugh. Yeah. The prize fighter. You know, kill Steen Kill, fight Owens fight. I mean, every, every, everyone that knows has listened to this, our past listeners, everyone that's listened to this podcast since day one, 
I've said they have tried to fuck over Kevin Owens every way they can. He's basically the modern day Dusty Rhodes of WWF. They don't want this guy to be successful, but he continues to get himself over. It's fucking awful what they've done to him and what they could have had. Because when he came in and whipped John Cena's ass and stepped on that United States title, which is why that title would be important to Kevin Owens to begin with, which they did not display in that show at all, uh, because he beat John Cena. Like, he beat the biggest guy in the fucking company, and then they did dick all with his push. So, I, I don't Chris, know. Chris, um, would you say, and I mean, I, sh- I guess I should know this because we do these fucking lists all the goddamn time. Would you say Kevin Owens is right after Okada, second favorite wrestler of this generation for you? No, I mean, I would say AJ Styles probably, and then after him, Naito. I love Kevin. I'm a huge Kevin Owens mark. The problem is that uh, the, the really great Kevin Steen shit's like a two-year run in Ring of Honor before he went yeah. to WWE, and uh, he's been good there as like a Chris Jericho-type comedy guy. But they don't let him turn it on to 11 and really have those great matches as opposed to like, I mean, a, in, he's not AJ Styles. He has to work. His matches need a little bit more time than AJ. Like AJ can just go in and yeah. have a good match with anyone. Uh, same thing with Okada. So, I mean, if I was, if we were doing like a top five, I'd probably, I'd probably say like right off, right off the top of my head, I would say Okada's fucking definitely number one. Um, AJ Styles probably number two because even when they ask this guy to do ridiculous shit, he's still great. Um, Naito would be three. I'd maybe throw Zack Saber Jr. there at, at four, and then number five would be a toss up. If I had to throw a WWE guy in there, I mean, I guess I would probably pick Rollins right now. I was about to say, is it Rollins, but you're still kind of apprehensive because of the fact of the where they booked him? Because <laughs> I mean, he's gone down he, with me too, man. He's so fucking good in the ring, so good in the ring. But it's like, ugh, I don't know. I'm trying to get used to this version. I like this more. I'll, I'll just give him that. I mean, actual number five for me would probably just be Jericho, but that seems like a, a toss in, right? Because <laughs> Jericho's just always yeah. great. He ascends my top five current wrestler list. He's just in the hall of fucking awesome. <laughs> He's your zero, but not really a zero, but like your 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 uh you know. S rank. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we had a match with Billy Kay and Nikki Cross. It was pretty short, and uh, Billy Kay beat Nikki Cross with the boyfriend stealer sit out slam. So weird. So they're on SmackDown normally, but they're the champions, so they can go from brand to brand. What the fuck is Billy Kay and Peyton Royce going to do now that, oh, shit, we don't have that option anymore? I guess that they're going to have, uh, you know, the two of uh, Sasha and Bailey travel, but we'll get to that stuff later on. Uh, Rey Mysterio and his son, Dominic, appeared via satellite. Mysterio said he's not sure whether or not he wants to retire and that he'll never forgive Seth Rollins for making the Mysterio family watch Rollins injure Ray's eye. And Dominic promised an eye for an eye. Dominic got pretty goddamn angry, man. I'm scared of him. Uh, you know, I'm 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 not an idiot. Obviously, he's Walter, so I don't want to mess with Walter at all. Um, what do you think about this promo? <laughs> Great promo. Ray's still awesome, and I love the little delay where he lets like he gets up, like Ray's gonna walk away, and then he sits back down and he says, "You like the Bible so much? An eye for an eye." 
I thought that was pretty great. That's yep. good ass wrestling wrestling shit. I loved it. And I hope that they actually let this guy get some wins and do something big with his career. And they keep Ray around because I think Ray's important to WWF. Yep. I agree. All right. Well, Nia Jax made fun of the Kabuki Warriors and promised to expose Asuka as a villain at Backlash. Uh, R-Truth gained the 24-7 championship from Rob Gronkowski. And guess what, guys? The Gronk <laughs> is over. Uh, in their contracts going into it, Rob, I guess, had some part that said that if he decided to go back to football, he would be able to get out because you can't do wrestling and football at the same time, risking injuries for the season. So uh, he obviously went to Tampa with his good friend, uh, Mr. Tom Brady, and, um, yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck to say to this, Chris. <laughs> I, I do know that this worked because it was all over sports radio here in Atlanta. Like there are people talking about this match. And, uh, if that's what, you know, if this was the last thing, Gronkowski still does have that draw and he can always come back after the season. Um, I think this is probably, you know, if Tom Brady doesn't make the playoffs, this might be their last last hurrah in general so whatever man that guy is a great athlete great football player he can always come back i mean he could always just win this shit mid well, season we're setting it up for the king of boston between mr gronkowski and john cena in the future i thought yeah i just feel like they really missed the mark by not having like tom brady win it <laughs> i just love that even though they didn't uh, our truth kept, was convinced that Tom Brady did have it at one point. That yeah, was well, twenty four seven seven eleven I85 championship. <laughs> that's why I did. That's another thing. It's like I love, I love our truth. Everything that he does in here, he makes gold. Um, but I love how there's still people that complain about Orange Cassidy, but love our truth. It just it, it, it's mind blowing to me, Chris. Well, they're silly on different levels because when Artrus in the ring, he still just does wrestling. Yeah, well, I guess the different levels is that R-Truth brings a ladder to a Royal Rumble match in order to try to win, while Orange Cassidy brings a ladder but decides not to set it up correctly and try to stand on top of it to get the thing. Yeah, it's it's a it's. But there's other Orange Cassidy things that people don't like from the indies that's always going to follow him. It's that Jim Cornette syndrome with Kenny Omega or the Young Bucks where it's like, oh, well, they did this shit one time. It was on the Internet, so I hate them. Um, (laughs) Yeah. uh, Yeah. So, yeah, they are similar. They're both comedic acts. And uh, I would say Orange Cassidy is being booked. Or Yano, man. Except for out of uh, there's one out of the three of them that could actually be, you know, considered a world champion if he wasn't so goofy with uh, our truth. But I love I love all three of those weirdos, you know. Yep. Yano. Yano could be a world champion. John, I, I just can't believe like if you look up his record, he's one of the more legit when it comes to actual MMA guys that went into <laughs> New Japan. <laughs> That's kind of a creepy, or not creepy, but a weird. Concept. Well, I mean, from, from what I remember is they told him that he didn't have, like, the look to be a top guy. 
and then he just kind of developed a style around that and made it made himself a huge star. Yano was a huge star in New Japan, even though oh, he's yeah. not he's not gonna ever hold the title because that title is held with high respect in New Japan. But And honestly, uh, if we're going into this, what the fuck is that Bigfoot man aka Hacksaw Jim Duggan? And we love him. <laughs> Well, Hacksaw no! used to be the world champion until he got caught in a car with a uh, fucking uh, Iron Sheik with a pound of weed or whatever the hell. You <laughs> stupid Jambroni getting the fucking <laughs> on you. you stupid. Right. His, his Facebook is, or not his Facebook, his Twitter is still like one of the funniest things to follow. Ever. His is funny as fuck and so is uh, Gary Busey. If you want to see some weird <laughs> shit, go to Gary Busey's Twitter. Uh, also, uh, uh, I once milked a peanut and did not make jelly from it. What? When when Bernie Lee said that he wanted to leave the company, and it may even have been before this, he started doing this thing where he was like, well, it's Monday, so you know what that means. And now that he's with the Dark Order, like Evil Uno posts his tweets for him and just tags him in it and is like, so it's Wednesday, you know what that means, <laughs> dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Which is fucking great as far as Twitter wrestling shit goes. Yeah. Uh, so I got... All right, I'll, I'll check this out. I might have some news uh, that just got sent to me. Uh, but we'll continue. And uh, when you're responding, I'll kind of try to read it real quick. Anyways, uh, we had the match with Nia Jax. This will give you a good... Uh, God damn it. A nice little conversation piece, Chris. Nia Jax, Kari Sane. The last time they got in the fucking ring, we had uh, a buckle bomb that was supposed to be a buckle bomb, but was actually launching a human body that hit the second buckle. Completely incorrect. Hurting Kari Sane. And this time, uh, Kari Sane gets ripped out of the ring, and basically Nia just pushes her head forward, she trips and goes face first into stairs. We don't really know if it was manipulated because it was recorded. Uh, but, you know, they get her in the ring, one, two, three, and we don't notice that she is bleeding everywhere uh, from the way they filmed it. And Asuka came out. She got Nia's face. Um, but, yeah, uh, just fucking stupid. I don't get it. I just like I said, I keep on saying like her family lineage, all of them are so good at wrestling. And uh, I just I don't know, man, she's she's fucking dangerous. I know Kari's very small, but, you know, she's more close than the average size wrestler. And those are not excuses that happen with female wrestlers like, you know, Nyla Rose. I don't I've, I haven't seen her accidentally fucking throw someone towards something um, or, or even Tamina or, uh, you know, just could havoc over an impact. So it's uh yeah, I, I ODB, I don't think has ever fucking, you know, outpowered someone and just throw them around, ragdolled them and throw them around. And it's pretty fucking, it's, it's uh it's bad. I'm worried that she's going to hurt someone. This is twice with uh, Kari. We saw the pictures. She split her fucking head open. I don't think Kari Sane's going to want to fucking resign. I'm just getting that opinion. Um, and, uh, yeah, Nia Jax needs to go back to the performance center. She needs to work on her shit, man, and not be so goddamn clumsy with people's lives and, you know, careers in her fucking hand. 
That's how I feel. I don't know. How do you feel, Chris? She needs to just be fucking fired. I don't think going back to the performance center is going to help her at this point. I don't want her working with anyone down there either, honestly. I mean, how are you going to fuck a person up on an Irish whip? You're not really slinging them. All you're doing is pushing their body so that they can do their own run into whatever they're going to hit. Whether it's the ropes, ring posts, stairs, whatever. She ragdolled the shit out of her, and the WWE, the editing machine, tried to edit it out. But even editing it out, the first thing you send me on Messenger is like, that stair spot was scary as fuck. Uh, which was 100% right, because she threw her right into the fucking corner. Because when you grab someone and you sling them, and they're supposed to be running straight, but you're whipping around at a 360-degree angle... They're not going to go straight. They're going to go to wherever you threw them when you ended your spin, which is what happened. She tried her best to protect herself, but like, fucking A. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, if, I, if I'm Carrie Zane, I accept another match with her, and then I just load up some brass knucks and hit this bitch for real. Like, honestly. <laughs> uh, there's a big gap in, in uh, stardom right now that just got bought by a massive company. Probably not the best idea, just not to resign. I would go back to stardom because, like, if 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 my if, if the end goal is this person is gonna try to kill me every time we get in the ring, or I can go to stardom and be like the biggest star ever and have good wrestling matches, I'm going to fucking stardom, <laughs> regardless of the money, because I don't want someone trying to fucking kill me. Uh, I just wish that there was someone on the roster like an Awesome Kong or an Aja Kong or a, like an ODB, like you said. It would really put this person in their place. And, and maybe it's going to come with Asuka. I mean, we might see a hard-ass receipt. I mean, Asuka's not big, but she could, because of Asuka's moveset and arm manipulation and stiff-ass Daniel Bryan-style kicks when you're on your knees, she could lay one of those fuckers in and just turn the lights out. Because if you're giving up your body to someone to kick you, maybe a mistake happens. <laughs> And uh, I, the only reason I think that I, – I mean, I think people are done wrestling her, honestly, because you you haven't really seen anything with her and Natalia. And that was, no. like, an original feud with them. And, like, or, or, or like I, Becky doesn't want to wrestle her anymore, obviously, in my opinion. It's not a mistake anymore if it happens – if you injure someone nine out of six times. And it's still incredible to me that Charlotte is alive after what happened to her two years ago where fucking Nia dropped her on her fucking... So this isn't ring rust at this point. It's She's just careless. And uh, you know what? I wouldn't want her wrestling anyone in NXT with Tegan Knox because that's, that's like your future. You can go put her against Tegan Knox Or Dakota Kai. Or oh, my Dakota God. Or Dakota Kai or Io Shirai. Like, why? Because she's bad. You just need Asuka to kill her and then fire her. I'm sorry. Like, I know she's The Rock's cousin and shit. Sucks. <laughs> but, like, they didn't fire the Usos. <laughs> They're kind of related to The Rock, and they got, like, multiple DUIs. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, attempted maybe, murder. That's, maybe that's how you sell it. <laughs> like, one of them got out and tried to whip the shit out of a police officer. <laughs> they let that slide. I mean... At, at some point, you do have to 
look at the safety of your other performers and either just not book the person or I mean, and Brian Alvarez last week was like, I'm not going to bury it until I see it. But I heard that it was bad. And then we saw it, it's like she got thrown so hard. It looked like she tripped over something. Yeah. And she Brian also saying foot. there's been a couple wrestlers obviously or people involved with wwe not wrestlers necessarily um but obviously he can't give the names for that were fucking pissed when this happened and when they informed him so um i mean he was reporting it before it happened before it was you know just we were about to see something so i believe his sources and if they work for wwe i hope that there's some level of outrage of not letting her just get a slap on the fucking wrist because she's the Rock's cousin. He he almost name dropped too. Is the problem like he was like so this and then he was like ah oh, I can't say his name <laughs> and then backed yep. it off. So there was definitely uh, there's I mean anyone that watched that would be pissed off. I mean it's an Irish whip. It's not it's like that's like one of the first things you learn in wrestling. So I mean she got ragdolled. Look at it how you will. I know they're trying to sell the story of uh, Kari getting hurt by Naya, but this is how you do it. You just put it through a table or something. You know, easy. Yeah. You don't have to actually try to fucking kill the person every time you wrestle them. And I asked you when we were talking about it, I was like, is she being punished for something that I'm not aware of? Like, Nope. That's <laughs> not it at all. I know. Yeah. What are you going to do? But Put Naya we'll versus about- JBL. Daya <laughs> versus JBL. It's too bad. I mean, as as annoyed as all of us got with her comments, it's too bad Rhonda doesn't work for the fucking company, or Shayna couldn't just like shoot on her ass or something. Uh, oh well. well, that was so funny because Naya was the person that was like, "Yeah, you hurt my friend," and then she you, immediately Rhonda <laughs> in her first fucking year with no with little to no experience hurts two people, oh. and yeah, it sucked. It did suck. During that same year, Nia punched fucking Becky in the face and broke her nose. Caused an amazing concept, but, you know, she's, what, injured and or hurt about six or, like, I I would say almost eight injuries so far. I mean, lucky for Becky, that shit actually worked out in her favor. (laughs) Yeah, but she doesn't remember any of that. She got a concussion from it. Good shit. And before that, Nia was dropping people on their fucking heads, so it's like, uh, you know, a concussion can happen. It I wonder if it's like, safer to wrestle with Kali, for Christ's sakes. Probably. Because Kali's just going to pick you up and slam you, so as long as you land okay. Chop you and slam you. That's kind of it. Kali's a terrible wrestler, but because he only does two things, and he does them okay, probably safer. Nia does zero things that are safe, apparently. Apparently, whip so <laughs> from what jericho said his the worst thing was his chops and i would not want to get chopped by a redwood basically so uh yeah just, all right yeah he laid those fucking things in <laughs> that was his fit that was his signature moves right uh, yeah. all right chops they had a name for it i can't remember what the name was but yes that was like his big and, and if you uh, yesterday and i'll share this to geek vibes as well i posted razor ramones debut match where he's wrestling some jobber he is chopping the ever-loving shit out of this guy like overhand open 
chopping him. It's very Kali. I'll repost it, but Jesus, <laughs> it's just echoing. <laughs> and that's before they used to mic the ring the way they do now. Like it's just going <laughs> crazy shit. All right, so Randy Orton believes that he will win the greatest wrestling match ever. Um, Randy, if you picked Edge, I'd be worried about you. Like on a, on a, on a mental note. So thank you for letting us know that. Anyways, uh, Charlotte went against Oscar, and uh, we had another countout thing. They're doing this. Uh, this one's more based on interference. The countout thing I thought was good in the situation of Lacey Evans and um, oh, I can't remember her name. Mandy's old partner, Mandy Rose's old partner. Um, damn it. The kick fight. Oh man, Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville, and uh, they had it where they got an extension with their feud due to uh, 10 count out. There's this, and there's one more that's coming up. I don't remember if it was actually on NXT or if it's on uh, the upcoming SmackDown that we're going to uh, do next. But the whole count out to make both of them look good, it's like they fucking do this in WWE. Instead of using it just sparingly, like they don't use it forever. Then they'll use it like five times in a fucking row until it's like, all right, you guys have done literally that thing way too much. It's ineffective now. But there's a count out when Nia Jackson interfered, attacked Asuka. Jax wore Asuka's mask and face paint during the attack. I wish I could have seen a mask between Charlotte and Asuka. And from what we got was pretty awesome. And then Nia came out with her face paint and I, it was cosplay. It was terrible. What do you think? So the Randy Orton promo I thought was very, very good. I like that he pivoted off the Internet's comments about him being kind of a lazy worker and someone that's just a WWE guy, basically. I, I like that he pivoted off that. He was I, I like when he said, you're right, I don't have to try as hard as everyone else because I'm that fucking good, basically. Yep. Like, I don't have to sell my soul to win a title. He's like, I'm that good. And if you look at Randy Orton's career, he's like, what, a 13-time champion in WWE? So it checks out. So everything he said, I really felt, even from like a realism standpoint of who Randy Orton is and Randy Orton the character is, it it made sense. So I like that promo a lot. So Randy Orton's promos the past like two, three months have been fucking great. Like top-tier good-ass promos. And just promo earlier in the show, not on the same level of as what Randy cut here. Uh, it's like when John Cena was against The Rock and and Rock was just talking about three pebbles and shit. And John Cena was saying some real shit, like where he's like, "Oh, you just show up via satellite. You you're Hollywood. You can't come wrestle." He's like, "I'm here every Monday, every Wednesday, every Tuesday, every Thursday, whatever he he did." You're like, "I feel that." I kind of I kind of relate to that. So the same thing with Randy Orton here, where you, the thing about the realism is like if you just hint it just enough to the personality and how it does affect you, especially someone like Randy Orton, who I, I do think phones it in sometimes, but he is from oh, a yeah. rest family. Um, it is a little insulting to be like you're just lazy and you've always been a lazy wrestler because I don't think that's necessarily true about Randy Orton. I just don't necessarily like him in the ring. Um, but it, the playing off of that and some of these internet fans or, or, or me and you, for instance, Smarks, 
I guess. <laughs> uh, playing off of that was a great promo. It's really, really good. It, I don't want to overshadow it by not saying it was a good thing. It was a great fucking promo. I don't think this match is going to be the greatest match of all time. You sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. <laughs> pretty sure. I saw that Okada Omega match. That shit was pretty good. I saw, you know, <laughs> Jerry Lawler versus Terry Funk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we need it since we've been doing this <laughs> i don't know what which one next time maybe uh let's do the our top 10 favorite matches of all time there's a lot there's a lot but uh there's a lot you could go up to 20 if you really need to i, th- I think so i think i need to because there's like some shit that i've seen on like monday night raws or whatever it was like that was a great match oh my god the sean um uh kurt angle 30 minute uh, iron man match or yeah. the the Brock and Angle thirty minute Iron Man match on SmackDown, that shit was awesome. Oh, oh. To get to the main event, I think I texted you. I was like, "This is a good ass match." Like Charlotte and Oscar, turns out two good wrestlers together can have a good fucking match. And then as soon as Nia's like or her music hit, I was like, "Well, here comes Nia to ruin it." My biggest problem with this is we heard no count out at all, and the bell rung. And she got hit after. So my immediate question was like, did the bell ring before she got hit? What the hell happened? Because we didn't hear the refs count out. I have no idea, man. It was I'm it was sh- just like I'm sure Vince was fucking like, you know, scorching out a fucking gasket out of his head. I'm assuming they just cla- they like what happened is they just edited it together. Maybe it took too long for Nia to get there or something, and they clipped it. I mean, it just was so weird because by the time she actually hit Charlotte, the bell had rung, and Charlotte was standing outside of the ring. So it's like, the fuck? Was it Charlotte standing outside of the ring or Oscar? I can't remember. But anyway, in any case, whatever the fuckery happened outside of the ring, it was not. I thought it was a DQ due to interference, not a count out victory yeah which now they're selling as a count out victory but if you go back and watch that show there is no audible count from the referee (laughs) i don't know man it's so fucking confusing sometimes um oh so we had our last match um wwe champion drew mcintyre going against mvp lana showed up before the match to cause a distraction mcintyre pinned mvp with a claymore after the match, Lashley put McIntyre into the full Nelson. It's fine. It's setting up stuff. Nothing too crazy. MVP's really good in the ring. Especially based on his age. What'd you think? This wasn't a main event. I thought it was... I No, I think it was a decent main event. And uh, it's really funny to know that MVP had to leave the company for like 15 years to be part of a main event. <laughs> oh... Oh. <laughs> because he was so great when he was there that's not an insult <laughs> to mvp that's just like y'all Reality. fucking did that yourself yeah <laughs> mvp's always been good you just slept on him balling um balling. Yeah, i thought that I, I thought this was pretty good for drew mcintyre they gotta give him something to do i don't like the full nelson lock in a world where we have all these joint manipulation and ufc type moves Throughout Dude. your entire company, the, <laughs> the do the Nelson. fucking torture rack. How effective would it look like if Bobby Lashley's giant 
you know, muscular ass, you put people in the fucking torture rack. Well, I mean, yes, no one does that. I said that about uh, Nia Jax. I was like, instead of her powerbombing people or doing whatever moves she's going to fuck up next, like, just have her fireman carry lift them and put them in the fucking torture rack. I mean, that's part of the reason why they did it. Or the Argentina backbreaker from (laughs) the Bruno and and, uh, Antonio Roca used to do back in the day. But hell yeah, dude. Bobby Lashley started doing the torture rack. It would look so brutal. <laughs> it would look so fucking brutal. They need to bring back... And, and if you go back and watch WCW, when Lex put, picks someone up, like most of his matches are garbage. And they're they're very bad. Yeah. Wrestler. Hey, there's there's kind of like similarities between Lashley and Luger. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like the difference is Lex didn't try to do too much. He just, you know, he do a, like a, a high leg spot like Hogan. He would do some corner shit, like where he beats guy out of the corner or whatever. And then he just lifted him for the rack, and the crowd would pop so fucking hard as soon as he lifted that person. How can you watch Lex Luger and see that like some of your wrestlers are not the best? Why are they not using the torture rack? I'm not saying everyone should have the torture rack, but like someone like Nia or Lashley, it'd be a great move. Yeah. Because it's something that yeah, fans yeah. haven't seen it ever. You never see anyone get racked anymore. I mean, every once in a while you see someone get like a couple racks and then they throw in like a Death Valley driver afterwards if you watch Shit. wrestling. But I'm sh- I know he uses the crossface or he has before. But if Brian Cage used the fucking torture rack, that would be awesome as a finisher. Well, I think his finisher is going to be the choke out by Taz. Oh yeah, he's got that now too. He used to do the, uh, like I said, he used to do the, the uh, crossface or a variation because you can't call it the crossface anymore. I mean, uh-huh. this, that person's not even a real human. He has muscles where muscles should not exist. And if, that, if he starts choking you, you're just dead. You just think about who should play Wolverine, man. Jesus. <laughs> Fucking, he looks like Sabretooth. <laughs> I think he should play Sabretooth. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. I love that. I do love that. I really do. But. Let's move on to WWE Friday Night SmackDown results. Uh, the show opened up with Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy opened the show talking about last week's incident, about how he's uh, doubted himself but knows he didn't slip. Eyewitnesses said that a man with red hair and a red beard, I wonder who that could be, run away from the accident, uh, which is why he returned <laughs> to fight Sheamus. Uh, Sheamus interrupted calling Jeff a junkie and insulting his family until Jeff attacked him. Sheamus hit a bro kick and tossed Hardy into the ringside uh, puxy glass. And, um, yeah, this was – all right. So, like we said last week, if Jeff Hardy okayed this whole entire thing, I mean, he's doing he's doing the angle. It just seems like this is a fuck you on the way out, like I said, unless he's staying for whatever god reason. Um but so there, they, he said that they poured bo- like the liquor bottles on him and then just planted them. I mean, I guess this is good detective work from Seamus. Uh, for this is a lot to do just to piss off a guy that made you mad because Michael Cole was talking about him during your matches. Let me just put it that way. But Seamus, I guess, is that fucking evil. And uh, yeah, he called him a junkie and shit like that. My problem with all this is that you know it goes back to what I said. Uh, Jeff has dealt with this in real life. Um, Adam Adam Page uh, has not. 
I hope, you know, I just realized, I hope I didn't call Adam Cole Adam Page earlier. I always do that whenever I, if I ever listen to see how the uh, show sounds. So before I was talking about Adam no, Cole. No, you, 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 you were pretty solid today on your okay. Coles and Pages. <laughs> it's so hard, man. But anyways, Adam Page, he doesn't. And they're using it to kind of make him a cowboy. Like they're not not saying, hey, drink all the fucking time, but that's his that's his shtick. Um Scott Hall said that even the part where in, in WWE, when they were building up with him and Austin, uh, where they, they kind of used it, but he more or less got alcohol poured all over him, it actually caused was one thing that caused him to relapse, just having the, the taste of beer in his mouth after, I think it was like three years without it uh, being sober. And who knows, maybe he's just making that shit up. But I'm just saying, I just don't like the concept of this. It's too soon. You got a DUI not that long ago. He's had struggles with with all different types of drugs, painkillers, you know, uh, and alcohol uh, as well. And they've sent him to rehab. You know, I just don't I, I don't agree with it. I didn't like it with with when they did it with Jake Roberts uh, and, and Jerry the King Lawler and even kind of even though they worked it out, but even bringing it into, you know, him. Uh, becoming a super Christian uh, right before the King of the Ring, that Stone Cold one, and then Hawk and all that craziness, how he fucking hung himself as a part of that or threatened to, you know, it, it it's it's a uh, it's a fine line. I know that CM Punk criticized it, and a lot of people did at, uh, on on backstage, and Punk did, wasn't really a big fan of doing it the first time at all. Um. So, yeah, I just don't think this is that great of an idea. You can definitely use a way to have Jeff Hardy and Sheamus. Then Sheamus is so mad about Jeff Hardy getting attention with promos while he's in the ring that he tries to kill Elias and frame it on Jeff Hardy. Fucking stupid to me. Sorry. What do you think, Chris? Sheamus is like a low-grade wrestler on SmackDown. He's not even in the fucking title picture. Why is this a storyline? That just first and foremost, why is this a fucking storyline? He just got beat by Jeff Hardy twice, right? So why is this the storyline you're going with? You've done nothing to build Sheamus as a character. Uh, I hated this. I thought it was fucking terrible. I talked about it last week. I think it's really shitty to take someone's real life problems and try to put them out there and they did this in impact it's a very fucking vince russo move where they had jeff hardy just like walking to the ring smoking a cigarette and shit after the sting incident um the guy legitimately has given his body to the industry in a way that i don't know has been even i mean the only person i can think of that's a even close chunk is, of it with wwe yeah, the only person I could think of that's even fucking close to that is like, you know, Foley or, or New Jack, as far as giving or their funk. body to the industry. Uh, it's just, it's shitty. It's very shitty. It's a very shitty way of doing business to get, like, try to get Seamus over, which isn't going to work, by the way. Because no one, like, if he beats Jeff Hardy, everyone's just going to hate him, and it's going to be go away after this angle. Because people fucking love Jeff Hardy. I don't understand why you would treat your uh, legend this way. I don't understand why they treated the Hardys this way in general. But Jeff is the guy I thought they could do something with, where he could at least give a big rub to whoever's at the top. Like him versus Kofi 
uh, if he didn't get injured, would have been a huge match that everyone would have loved. Like you're especially, and by the way, there is no like casual fans and smart fans at this point that are watching this fucking product. I mean, you may get some kids and shit, but for the most part, what you do and it gets reflected on the internet is your audience. And WWE needs to start realizing that shit because there's no like, there's it's not dirt sheet territory anymore where it's like all oh, the internet fans hate it. It's no, everyone hated it because everyone has a Facebook, a Twitter, a like. It's just bad. It's fucking bad. It's in poor taste. Uh, Rebby Hardy said she broke her TV at being pissed, at being so pissed off about it. And Matt Hardy uh, condemned it as well. I I mean, it's just in very bad taste. I mean, I don't know if Jeff was like kind of forced into doing it. I know he did it or whatever, but we don't know what the end of the rainbow is. If the end of the rainbow is Jeff Hardy's going to win the title and he's going to stay in WWE. Maybe that's why he did it. Maybe he wants to hit the top one more time, uh, which he could easily do. I mean, he is the when they say charismatic enigma, it is that sting thing where Jeff Hardy just has that extra something that other people don't have because he's not a great promo. He's not the absolute best wrestler we've ever seen, but because he loves wrestling so much, it comes out with him being a person there's the natural charisma there where you want to see him succeed no matter what so just putting this in the fans mouth is just shitty all around like it's not like i said it's not gonna fucking help seamus at all so like seamus running down even if he ran over jeff hardy that would maybe give seamus some hill heat but like it's 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 still jeff hardy like be very careful what you do and uh, i think cm punk was very classy uh, on his comments about this and talking about how shitty it was, considering that Jeff Hardy had blasted him drunk before and had said some very negative shit about CM Punk because he dropped the title to CM Punk in a uh, in a match basically where he got fired at the end of it. Like that was the entire story of the match, but Jeff still put him over and shit. And uh, for CM Punk to kind of be the bigger man, and I don't say this a lot about CM Punk because I don't like him that much, as everyone who listens to the show knows. Um, I thought he was really, really classy about that entire situation. So props on CM Punk because he could have been petty as fuck and been like, yeah, this drunk asshole that made fun of me like after he dropped the title to me at a a Waffle House or wherever the fuck they did that YouTube video that's everywhere. Craziness, craziness. I will say, you know, uh, I mean, we're obviously still within this uh, with wrestlers. I liked also uh, what CM Punk had to say about the Black Lives Matter movement and the protesting. I thought that he made it very classy, uh, was extremely heartfelt. He didn't want to, you know, act like he should even have as much to say compared to his friends that were on the show like Booker T and Mark Henry. And I thought The Rock's uh, video was a class act of, of, of saying something. And I, I appreciated it uh, on those fronts. But, uh, you know. Crazy enough, I, th- I thought all of those things were great, but listen to Cornette's podcast from yesterday in the opening where he's talking about Black Lives Matter, which is funny because he got fired for racism recently by making a very racist joke on uh, NWA or whatever. But I thought it was very – I was uh, talking about Ethiopians. It was very good. He's just a man of that – it doesn't necessarily mean he's racist. He's just a man that has – 
very bad taste in jokes uh, in getting hill heat. But check that out. Check the Rocks promo out. Um, and also, like and subscribe to Matt Ryan for being the quarterback that's donating $500,000 to Black Lives uh, Matter movement and really supporting Atlanta and all their efforts. So, like, if you're from the ATL, Matt Ryan's a good-ass dude. And uh, never cheer against him if you're an Atlanta Falcons fan. Came from a a, a land called Boston. (laughs) Boston College. BCU, bro. (laughs) I mean, what do they call it? The Heights or whatever? I don't remember. But I I needed to put all that shit over. The Cornette thing. Oh, absolutely. Listen to because I think there's opinions on Cornette and who he is and his character. The thing about Cornette is he thinks that he is allowed to because he's doing a character with entertainment to be like the level of, of vulgarness, especially since he's supposed to be a heel in most stuff of like a South Park. But when it comes down to a fucking white guy saying shit, I don't think he understand that that's, it's not entertainment anymore. It's just saying fucked up shit. But at the same time, he's actually a very, you know, not saying that you have to be a diehard liberal, but He's got a lot of left values, and um, I've heard him say stuff like that before in the past. It's just he's set in his ways. He thinks that stuff that was funny uh, that he could commentate and get away with back in the 80s, it's still okay because he, he's just doing heel heat, but it's uh, it's not, and he's it's, not going to apologize. It's not, and there's also the thing about South Park, whether, whether it's okay or not. Yeah. At what point do you draw the line of comedy? I don't know. That's a it's a hard thing to talk about. I don't personally think that you draw well. I don't believe in the concept that some people say that you can make any joke funny. But I do understand comedians having the standpoint that people can be terrible comedians and not be able to make something funny, but there's not so, there I you know, a lot of people believe that you should you should have no boundaries when it comes to comedy. It just in how you do it, basically. So yeah, I think the primary difference is wrestling has disappointed people with race for so long. That oh yeah. Jim Cornette saying anything like that in a well, wrestling show is going to be. I super- mean, let's let's be honest. Okay, we have, and and obviously, I mean, to an extent, I would say that there is a majority uh, more Caucasian and maybe even Hispanic wrestlers in the spectrum of things, but like the biggest African-American wrestlers, um, Boba Brazil, because of bullshit within, you know, uh, the NWA back then and, uh, buddy, uh, claiming injury and obviously knowing it's a work and just working the audience who did not know that Bobo just said, fuck it. And said, you know, I didn't get the title. Screw it. But technically should be considered. He's one of the biggest names of all time. he, Obviously trained Ernie Ladd, and Ernie had the Mid-South heavyweight title. Uh, Junkyard Dart also had that five times, uh, the the Mid-South title, back when that was one of the big promotions, obviously, within the territories. You have Ron Simmons, who's considered the first uh, world heavyweight champion with the WCW championship. Uh, Booker T would win that uh, four times, and then a fifth time within WWE. Um Mark Henry would later win that exact same title, the World Heavyweight title that shared lineage to the NWA title. Ron Killens is considered the first uh, NWA World Heavyweight champion. And obviously recently, crazily, uh, Kofi Kingston was the second because of The Rock, who's half Samoan, half half African-American, 
but full-blooded African champion for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. And there you go. There's nice little history lesson for everyone out there. And uh, I, also, I mean, Tony Atlas, and Tony Atlas and Rob Johnson were the first two tag team champions for WWE. I don't know who the the NWA is, but <laughs> yeah, the NWA uh, it it may be Harlem Heat, honestly. If I'm going back to WWE, yeah. right offhand, but it could be Harlem Heat unless uh, Rocky Johnson and Tony won the NWA titles as well, which is also possible. Uh, because they travel, but uh, yeah, no, you synopsis that. So you did a really great synopsis. Thank you, man. Of the lineage of African Americans winning title belts. Uh, the problem is the in between. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, as we've talked about on this show before, Colonel J. Parker won Harlem Heat in a poker game. Well, the problem is the in between. <laughs> You know, and you look at that that championship match, and and coincidentally, Triple H was acting very or looking very Harley Race esque when, of course, um, Rick was his his uh, manager. And he was going against Booker T. That situation's pretty bad. Go back to the third WrestleMania, the big one. You know, you had a match where Junkyard Dog, if he lost to King Harley Race, had to kiss his feet at the end of the match. It's almost a mirror of the same thing, um, just obviously years later uh, with similar aspects of the storyline. Uh, Harley wins, and instead Junkyard Dog just beats the shit out of him and, and, and uh, takes his cape and crown. That's the only difference. Booker had to fucking suck it up and take another pedigree. Yeah, I, I think uh, with, with Jim Cornette specifically, just keep in mind that he is doing the old school gimmick but i don't think that necessarily character I, mean, I don't think jim Cornette is the best person of all time and he does say some fucked up shit but uh i thought w- what he put out on his podcast was a pretty positive message about everything that's going on and um, those don't happen often with him so go check it out yeah <laughs> because he's he's always a character he's always turned up to 11 he is basically the macho man randy savage of managers oh wow yeah it's never he never turns it off he is always jim Cornette. even on these documentaries he's always going to be jim Cornette. it's like hawk uh but there's something more there to be said i guess uh and and like i said I, wrestling in general doesn't get any apologies when you do something fucked up or say something fucked up because no. the wrestling industry has been really <laughs> shitty for a long yeah. time. <laughs> I'm, I'm definitely not looking at anyone individually like Ole Anderson or Bill Watts or fucking, you know, um, even Ric Flair at certain times, Hulk Hogan, um, you know, fucking. The funny uh, thing is Jim Vince Cornette, McMahon. The funny thing is Jim Cornette's the guy that got New Jack over by being anti-white. God. Uh, OJ was right. Two less. <laughs> oh, and I forgot the the greatest uh, WCW wrestler of all time, or at least one of them, Dennis the Worm Rodman. NWO for life. The Worm is a very interesting co- uh, uh, person in general that we should have a separate podcast about. <laughs> I want to say, you know, I'm trying to remember. 
I want to say that the first NXT was Apollo Crews. All right, I'm not going to get go into all of this. I gave a pretty good little history lesson. I say we uh, we move it onward throughout SmackDown. Um, we had the Mandy Rose and Otis. Uh, they they found King Corbin's crown. Uh, Otis uh, took it. Um, and when Corbin got there, he was mad. This would lead to their match. Otis uh, defeating King Corbin by DQ when Corbin attacked him with a chair. Otis more or less no-sold the attack and hit Corbin with the caterpillar. All right, how long is this going to work, Chris? Let's already start making our bets. Um, I like Otis. I think he's great. But him and Mandy, when are you going to screw him over? What's going on with this? Because uh, I like the I, I thought the video with them at the poolside and her like fantasizing about him was fucking hilarious. I like hearing that this is they've been good friends since developmental for years. And this is an idea that she had and pitched events. It's funny. It's but where's the fucking payoff? And do we really think that Otis is not going to like three stooge the whole uh, cashing in the fucking money in the bank thing? Like, what do you think? I mean, if they want to give the fans a good payoff, he just wins the title and then marries Mandy. And that's your good payoff. And then he'll ever be he'll will forever be remembered the underdog who won the title and got the girl. But it's WWE, so they'll find some way to fuck it up. But it, this is the easiest storyline of all time if you're just trying to make the fans really like this guy. I would maybe change his gear from the road construction shit. Maybe have, like, Mandy choose his new ring gear or something. Um, but the idea of those two sticking together, you kind of get into the realm of, like, a Miss Elizabeth Macho Man. Not that he's going to, like, be abusive or aggressive or anything, but it does come off because of where Macho Man was in the company as Intercontinental Title Champion versus like Ultimate Warrior and Hogan. Oh yeah! And all of these big fucking people, you could easily get that storyline over where he is the underdog, he wins the title, him and Mandy have a wedding, and then you create your Jake the Snake. You create your heel from there, and and don't pick Baron Corbin to do it, but you could pick someone and have a huge story now whether or not they'll they'll do that or not it's probably it's slim to none i still do think he's just going to give that money in the bank briefcase or whatever to mandy at some point and then she'll screw him over which is a different way to do that storyline but you know what people fucking love positive storylines too and for him to be the bumbling kind of goofy baby face who makes it to the top like a rocky balboa that's not necessarily a bad thing and if anything, that company should look inside themselves and see how well that worked with Drake Maverick. Yeah. Underdog baby faces are what everyone is rooting for, especially in today's society. People want to see motherfuckers succeed. So, like, if Otis raised the title, <laughs> it would be great, especially if he got married afterwards. There's a lot of shit you could do with this storyline. Now, whether or not they fuck it up or not, that's that's on WWE, but to me, it's it's a very hard, and I still don't think he's going to win the title just because I don't trust WWE. But there's good things that you can do from him accidentally, that thing falling in his lap, and Mandy fantasizing about him. And it, there's a lot of storyline that you can tell there. It would be really great. And then afterwards, you know, she could cheat on him, and you could have, like, a big feud afterwards for the championship title. There's so much good shit you could do. It's just... Where's Ducky? 
Yeah, I don't know. Tucker's the better wrestler out of the two of them. <laughs> he just has no personality. Ducky, where'd you poor, go? Poor guy. He got, he got furloughed, sweetie. Did he? No, I have no idea. I hope not. I'm not oh, I'm trying to put that out there. That would suck so bad. Because he could be the it's, guy that comes It's in like Otis is telling him, like, so guess what? So guess what? They just told me. All right, so... So, you know, after after we did so great in the Elimination Chamber as tag team, they're going to keep on with me and Mandy in the storyline, and then I'm going to TLC, and then I'm going to win it, and then I, I win her too. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, that's cool, man. I'm, ha- I'm, ha- I'm, ha- I'm happy for you. And you're going you back if- to the, the – uh, you're going back to fucking NXT down to developmental. Do you mind if I team with Shorty G? Because we'd be a great fucking tag team. Are you saying Tucker and Shorty G? Yeah. That would be an awesome tag team. <laughs> like, why not? I mean, like... He's you have like, two collegiate wrestlers, <laughs> one a huge one, and the other one's smaller, and they could still be buddy-buddy with Otis. Yeah, just repackage oh, love him. That. Make him a fucking... Make him a tag team. Like, the, Tucker is a great wrestler. There's shit you can do with him. Obviously, Otis is just the guy. Like, he's, just, he's charismatic as fuck, and everybody wants to love him. I still don't believe that they're going to give us the storyline we want, which I think I laid out the storyline everyone wants, where he gets the, the Cinderella ending, right? He wins the yep. title, gets the girl, and then whatever happens after that, no one's going to care about. But you need to give us the moment, and they're going to fuck that up. They're not going to give us the moment. They're not going to give us the Macho Man, Randy Savage, Miss Elizabeth uh, wedding moment. Otis with... looks like he ate Macho Man and, and Elizabeth. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, but you get what I'm saying, like yeah. Uh, that's, they, that's, no, they're gonna fuck it up, and it's gonna be a giant like gerbil, or like <laughs> a guinea pig that attacks him. Or right, get the guinea pig off the chest. Uh, but like, if he wins the title and marries Mandy, and like is going to ride off in the sunset, and then you know you have the fiend show up to just destroy it all. Yeah, that's good for everyone involved. Literally everyone. Let me ask you, and we talked about him earlier, and I compared Otis to him a couple weeks ago. Would you have cared back in the day if if Hacksaw Jim Duggan won the uh, heavyweight belt? No, because I think they would have booked him differently and gave him promos. And he's I, I I've met Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He's very intelligent, and I think he could have done more with the character. Uh, well, Otis is you know he might not be like as dumb as they put him off on television too, you know. Well, I mean, but to some extent, Macho Man is dumb, right? Hey, who the fuck you calling dumb now? (laughs) But, I mean, it's okay to be dumb as a wrestler as long as the storyline makes sense. I mean, Goku is the most simplest motherfucker of all time. But he's one of the most, he's the most beloved hero of all time because he takes on all comers. Because he thinks it's fun. (laughs) He's like, fighting's fun. (laughs) <laughs> which is why I liked when they were doing that with Finn Balor. <laughs> I was like, I wish they would just like a wrestler that had that storyline of this is why I'm here to fight people because it's fun would be a great storyline because it's so pure of heart. There's something so great about it. And, and Otis nails a lot of those personality traits of a Goku, for instance. So just book him like Goku. Read some anime. It's easy. Or just watch yep. Dragon Ball Z. It's not, it's not that hard. Dragon, dragon. Who wants it? Anyways, 
All right, so throughout the show, Miz and Morrison hid in a van and played pranks on Braun Strowman, um, including giving him a shaken-up drink and uh, trying to slime him but getting Caleb Braxton and then actually vandalizing the shit out of his car just for the fuck of it. Um, when that didn't get a desired effect um, and they, you know, damaged his car, Braun found from asking people that were there, and if you're Braun Strowman, if you go up to anyone and say, hey, have you seen blah, 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 where'd they go? They're probably going to fucking tell them, so really intelligent. Uh, found it, found their van, uh, and, you know, pushed it over. So they were trying to go for, like, an old-school sketch. I With with the, the, the ones back in the day, Braun looked like a monster. This is back in 2018 where people were like, wow, Braun, if done correctly, could be, like, one of your, um, like – uh, what the hell's the word? Like more, more of a uh, spe- spectacle wrestler kind of monster, but like, like a not Taker or Andre, but like that type of concept, and can be like you know something so pr- people can go against Braun Strowman. It's a big deal, and not saying that that Big Show is not that, but he kind of tends to go more on the side of he'll be up for anything, including being in a in a gag where someone gets slimed in it. And something stupid like that. And Braun, it's fine that it's more positioned, it seems like, with Paul, with the big show, as opposed to, you know, uh, something that he could have been, I think, a little bit different. But um, these weren't that funny. These are kind of dumb. And he flipped a van. And he's going to beat the shit out of two of them. I hope this is the opening match. It's it's two seconds. Um, and he wins. I don't know. Did, did you like this stuff, Chris? No, it's fucking stupid. Isn't he feuding with The Fiend? Well, right now he has a championship match with both members. Well, John Morrison and fucking Miz. I mean, yeah, but we know that that doesn't matter. So, yeah. Like, isn't yeah, he supposed right. to be feuding with the fucking Fiend? Yep. And this is the best buildup they can give you is John. You're going to bury John Morrison. You brought back to the company who is a great athlete and has been a champion everywhere else he went to do this storyline with Braun, which is a goofy version of what he was doing in 2018. No one believes him as a monster anymore. Nope. When you lose to Brock, you're not a monster anymore. You're defeated. It's like what they did to Vader in the 90s in the WWE. One, one, yeah, when you lose to Shawn Michaels, you're not a fucking monster anymore. When he did that to... They gave him a very big run as being unbeatable and unstoppable... Uh, even though some of those matches were goofy, like the uh, Kalisto match where he jumps, he just puts him in the dumpster, and Kalisto's just standing, and they counted that as a win. Like some of that shit's very goofy, but he was still winning his matches. Outside of the championship match, what has he done? What has Braun done to deserve this? He lost the IC title. <laughs> in a similar match of what they're doing now. Um. It's it's just stupid. I mean, unless the idea is to put it on John Morrison, which they're not going to do. But if the idea is that they're going to put it on John Morrison and give him a huge heel run, that could be very smart because he's fucking great. <laughs> he's a great wrestler. Yep. Have good matches with AJ Styles, Daniel Bryan, all the people, Shinsuke Nakamura, all the people he probably would love to work with. Friends of the show, John Morrison, by the way. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> all, yep. all these people that he would love to fucking work with. But I don't think they're going to do it. What they're going to do is exactly what you're saying. And it's going to not be good. Uh, yeah. I agree with the IC thing. I think that both him and Miz should be involved with that same group of people. And just, I mean, that's a stacked intercontinental title division. Um, I don't know. Well, I was more, I was more talking about like the way that Sammy won the IC title before the tournament was a three versus one match against Braun yeah. and Stupid. Sammy won. So like two months later, we're doing the same storyline. <laughs> uh, yeah. So in theory, John Morrison should just win this fucking title belt. Unless you're going to do something cool with the fiend and turn Brock into an absolute monster. The biggest problem with Brock is an absolute monster, which AEW doesn't have this because they have a lot of smaller wrestlers is that Braun's not even the biggest guy on their fucking roster. Like, Man. look at Drew McIntyre. <laughs> yep. He's, like, seven foot tall. Like, when you put Braun... Like, when you see the Rumble matches where Braun, like, somehow happens upon the Undertaker, you're like, damn, Undertaker's a big-ass dude. <laughs> dude, I think I think Austin's probably about his size. Honestly, height-wise, I could look that up. I mean, he's a hoss. He's a he's a brick shit house for sure. But like, it was like when Brian Cage was in the ring with John Moxley, and you're like, oh yeah, WWE only hires big guys because John Moxley is like taller than Brian Cage. Not as built, but it doesn't look like a, a like a matchup that's like impossible for Moxley to win. <laughs> I was wrong. So Braun's six eight and Austin six two. So I was wrong about that. But, but. yeah, well, but Braun's like, that's a very lenient 6'8", because legit well, Undertaker... I mean, what is, their, what is all of their heights? Because this is build heights and build weights, you know what I'm saying? Okay, uh, well, then Undertaker remember, 7'1". Andre was 7'4", <laughs> and he's shorter than... Um, I forgot what the basketball player is. Who was like 7'1". Shaq? Shaq? What's that? Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal, seven foot tall. No, no, no. It was Andre the Giant and Bill Russell, I believe. Oh, Bill Russell, yeah. I think enough. I just thought Shaq because Shaq's been involved in wrestling and he's also no, that like wasn't legit it. seven foot tall. Can fit soda cans in his shoes. Such big feet. There's like a picture of Andre with uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger and it's him and a basketball player. Um, God, Arnold's like five six, so that probably looks hilarious. He looks like a baby doll. <laughs> yeah, I'm a very fit baby. He's wonderful. He's, I don't even know what to do right now. Uh, Will Chamberlain. So Will Chamberlain was six two, and Andre was always billed as six four, and he's actually shorter than Wilt. So he's actually around seven seven foot, I would say. But everyone had like a build so height that was way fucking taller. Oh, you mean Andre was seven four and Wilt was seven two? Well, no, Wilt it Wilt was billed as seven one in basketball. Okay. And Andre was always legit. built as seven four, and he's actually a little bit shorter than Wilt Chamberlain. So the the height they gave him was not as uh, as truthful. Let's just say. Well, that's like that's like back in the day when The Rock was six four, two hundred and eighty pounds or whatever, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're like. I mean, I believe he's 6'4", but I, 
sincerely believe he's 280 pounds. Yeah, dude. Had, I don't know. Then he had that boob surgery. That's why he wore those shirts all the time for a while. Steroids are a motherfucker. You don't like to talk about it, but it happens. Makes your titties do weird things. <laughs> what else? Makes your titties do weird things. <laughs> Never mind. I'm not attaching it to the next part of this because that would have been creepy. <laughs> I forgot what was next. <laughs> we had a match. We had a, uh, uh, God damn it. A match between Lacey Evans and Sonya Deville. That's why I stopped myself. Anyways, but, um, well, good this, for you for recognizing that that would be a very well, fucking bad idea. I made the statement and then scrolled down and was like, oh, okay, never mind. That doesn't work. Um, but yeah, L- Lacey defeated Sonya. I believe the week before that, uh, Sonya beat her. So it looks like we're going to be having these ladies uh, have some matches. But uh, this was an, actually a pretty fucking good match. Very hard hitting. Um, I think both of them are getting better and better in the ring. I think that uh, Sonya's really gotten better on her facial expressions, but um, they just beat the living shit out of each other. And Mandy Rose appeared on the video screen to distract Deville, leaving her open for Evans' woman's right. Boom. That's it. Winner. Lacey Evans. But, yeah, like I said, I actually, I did like this match. What would you think, Chris? I thought this match was very good, and it seems like someone has taken Lacey under their wing. Uh, as far as wrestling goes, because she has gotten so much better in the past six months. Where I'm I was burying her. I was burying her when she first came up. I was like, it's too soon. She's not ready. And I wasn't wrong. And I also hated the gimmick, which I was not wrong about either. But as far as her in-ring work and shit, she has gotten leaps and bounds better. Uh it just may be too little too late for, for what they're trying to do with her character. But this match was uh was pretty solid all around, honestly, for a TV match. Exactly. We had a bunch of those, I think, uh, last night. We're not young. And actually, on Monday Night Raw as well. We kind of expected on NXT, but Raw and SmackDown uh, were able to provide that. We're not young hosted a face-to-face um, confrontation between... Intercontinental Champion uh, Tournament finalist Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles ahead of next week's match. Um, and Bryan convinced Styles to give Drew Gulak an opportunity tonight. I love their back and forth, man. I really – I thought both of them were on their A game. Daniel Bryan's a better promo than AJ, but AJ's got a lot of of, of swagger to him of, of uh, you know, like he doesn't give a shit. He plays a heel really well or, or this cocky arrogance – to them and they basically got borderline political um with drew kind of criticizing certain things about aj's character how they're so poly they're opposite in philosophy they're opposite in this and aj goes yeah i'm not like you i don't expect handouts and you know you know just give criticizing giving him shit um basically when it comes down to it aj doesn't think that you know I guess Daniel deserves it because he went against someone that was was uh, that already went. I think it was his philosophy behind it. And Daniel thinks that AJ taking a buy was a pussy move, basically. So the, the this is honestly, I mean, I, I don't think Daniel will ever be to the level that he was a couple years ago because of his injuries. But he still performs at such a high level. So honestly, the, probably the two greatest wrestlers in the company going for the IC belt, you have one side who has never 
ever gotten the IC belt. He'll actually be a Grand Slam champion once he gets his title with AJ Styles. And then you have the other who really brings prestige to the IC belt. In the past, it's always worked for him. So I really don't know who they're going to pick. I like that aspect of it. Uh, I like even that Drew Gulak got a win over AJ in the match that they put together. You know, it's it's going to take him off uh, his his uh, whatchamacallit. It's a good win, by the way, for Drew Gulak, obviously, who's now staying with the company just like Drake Maverick, if we didn't know that last time. Uh, but I think that it's a I think it's a smart move. I, I you know, yeah, it, I, I don't think it's going to hurt AJ, basically. I think he can get a lose. And even if he wins next week against Daniel Bryan, it's still not going to affect my brain differently or anything like that. But looking forward to the match. I like the setup. I like them kind of going at each other. There are a lot of differences between the, both their mentalities, and um, I think that they're going to have a good in-ring. I don't know how the fuck they could screw this match up, Chris. But then again, I've said that before in the past. Yeah, I mean, me and you both said that about the uh, the Daniel Bryan Bray Wyatt match, and then Daniel Bryan pulled two good matches out of him. So AJ yeah. Styles should be pretty fucking good. Apparently, Daniel Bryan doesn't give a fuck what they the company asked him to ask him to do. He's like, no, turn that dumbass red light off. <laughs> Let's have a good wrestling match. <laughs> One thing I forgot to say before you continue uh, that um, I almost uh, forgot is that uh, Daniel Bryan said that if he wins, which who knows if he does or not, he's going to start doing what Cody's doing with the uh, 24-7 title and start defending every week, which is even crazier because I could still see Daniel winning, even though I, I kind of am going more towards with AJ and doing that, even though I don't know when he first started, he was like, yep, yeah, I'm going to wrestle probably like maybe once or twice a whole entire month. It's like bullshit. And now he's just going full force all the fucking time. That, I mean, I think that's fucking incredible, and he should totally do that. I will say he's not going to have as much wear on his body because they're not traveling live. Yeah, you know absolutely. I mean? Like, he's not sleeping in shitty hotels and eating shitty food. He's probably able to just go home to his Florida home and relax with his wife and beautiful daughter. Does he have two daughters now? Does he have? Doesn't he have two? Maybe one or two. One, one's in the belly. Okay. Uh, apparently, they're having relationship troubles, according to my fucking Google every time I open it. What they have to tell me about Total Bellas. <laughs> um, I think they're okay, guys. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That's going to be a great match. Two great wrestlers. I mean, the match that AJ had was really good on this show, by the way. But, uh,. I mean, it's a dream. Yeah. To, to me, it's to some extent a dream match because they missed each other. And to me, they missed each other in Ring of Honor at their heights. Uh, AJ is, like you said, he's not the best promo. But because he's so fucking good in the ring, his charisma has carried over to like making his promos good. In fact, AJ is better at the acting part of his job after watching the Boneyard match. Which is really weird. You would think it would be opposite, but like AJ's kind of great at like looking at a wall and going, "Oh God, the Undertaker." Uh, I don't know, man. I, I love that matchup. 
I think it's great. It's probably the best thing happening on SmackDown is anything involving Daniel Bryan and AJ Styles. Which you could Absolutely. say that about any wrestling product. It's like it's the best thing happening right now. Either AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan. Because I mean, that this show is struggling outside of them. And that's why they brought AJ back. They needed a fucking another big star. Um, but just just going down to it, they've been giving matches a fair amount of time. Some of them I don't think deemed it as much. They better give this fucking match at least 30 to 40 minutes. I wouldn't give a fuck if it was the last hour. The whole show? Sure. I mean, you're talking about two people that, like I said, they they have been great in some of the same companies, but have... S- somehow always missed each other i'm sure they've had a match somewhere it's great that i haven't seen just because they were kind of daniel bryan got fired from wwe twice once for uh choking guy with a tie stupid um <laughs> but because they were both indie guys i mean this is like aj styles versus samoa joe you just want it you want to see it it's gotta happen because you know it's gonna be fucking good and uh, it makes me very sad that we haven't gotten a full banger between AJ Styles. And in my opinion, like full banger meaning like uh, NXT quality match of like AJ Styles versus Kevin Owens or AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn. I feel like you've missed the boat on things people want to see. Yep. Uh, I agree. All right, so Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus is officially announced for Backlash. We had the New Day and Shorty G going against Shinsuke Nakamura, Cesaro, and Mojo Raleigh. Where Mojo came from in this equation, no idea. He just showed up in a promo. Uh, Mojo fell to the midnight hour. Oh, yeah, he would take the loss. That's why. Uh, to take the loss for the team, I didn't care about this. I don't really like three or three three on three matches. I understand they were trying to elevate Shorty G. I understand the New Day and the promo that wasn't jotted down on this uh, review that I, I now remember how like they were Nakamura and Cesaro were calling short. It's like, can they have a fucking part to help out Gable where, or because uh, I refuse most of the time to call him by that other fucking stupid name where he's getting crap for it. And then like Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, um, who else? Uh, all these guys that are fucking wrestling that are the same exact goddamn height, just walk by while they're giving him shit, and they just keep on going after, like, at least, uh, I don't know. I This is stupid. I really like Chad Gable. I love your idea uh, of putting him with the other guy in Heavy Machinery, uh, Tucky. Tucker. Tucker. Tucky. Would be, would be great. It just sucks because, honestly, I've heard wrestlers say this, and I've heard a lot of praise from his biggest idol that, you know, you're looking at someone that really could have been very close to a Kurt Angle, this more beneath guy that's small but actually has credibility outside of it and can go against someone big like a Brock Lesnar because he's he's a little bit shorter than fucking than Kurt. And instead, he's Shorty G. And I like him with the New Day. I don't like what, what they're doing with Shinsuke. I've made that apparent very many times. We've said the same thing about Cesaro. And Mojo just joins the bunch to take the pin. Just... Two thumbs down, way down. Fuck it. Uh, and, I, and I love New Day. I love New Day. Well, I mean, it's not New Day's fault. <laughs> they got booked in this shitty match. Uh, man, Xavier Woods. Xavier, are you coming back soon? The world needs to know. We love you. Um, 
Yeah, no, I think you nailed all the points. It's battle around. Uh, I guess my question coming out of this is like, when is his con- when's Gable's contract up? Because if he goes to New Japan as a shooter in the G1 and has a match against Suzuki, that's a career maker. Oh, wow. That'd be awesome. You know what I mean? Like, if he goes against, like, a joint manipulation person like Zack Sabre Jr. or Suzuki or, or, like, one of these cats in the G1. Like, that's where he is fit to be as a former Olympian. Even him and Tana Well, yeah, I mean, he can have great matches with anyone. But, I mean, like, the storyline itself, like, uh, Suzuki being the original badass, ass-whipping, original MMA guy, right? versus like this amateur wrestler that's how you sell that in japan it's gonna be fucking great and the fans don't give a fuck if you call them shorty g or not they're gonna look at his past accomplishments and be like this guy he's gonna wrestle his ass off it's gonna be very very good i mean they tried to bury john moxley on the way out but when he went over it was like oh this is a huge fucking deal in japan i feel like he like out of all the people we've talked about except like anderson and gallows because the roots there are so fucking strong. But someone like Chad Gable going over to the G1 or some shit just as a surprise entrance would be a huge fucking deal, especially because they lost Lance Archer. Moxley's going to be done. You need an American guy. I don't know when his contract's up. Like I said, I, I don't know when Gable's contract is up. But if he can just ride this shit out and go over there, he's going to be a huge deal. He's so good in the ring. The storyline with the, I mean, they didn't want to go with the obvious storyline of it being like him being Kurt Angle's son or whatever, but that was the storyline they probably should have went with, even though the storyline was super dumb to begin with. Uh, I have appreciated that I've seen Jason Jordan on TV recently. <laughs> so, uh, American Alpha was such a oh, good Oh, man. Why did they break sucks, them up? sucks, man, because... I have no clue why the fuck they broke them up. They were one of the best tag teams that's been in NXT period. Um, they were I'll, like they were like modern Steiners. Yeah, they were, they were the awesome. Modern Steiner brothers. Like why? Or even I mean I don't I don't think it's a bad comparison with uh, Team Angle either with Charlie Haas and uh, Shelton Benjamin. They were just a badass grappling, you know, both Olympic wrestlers. Um, I don't know. Um, Man, they fuck they fucked this guy so hard with the shorty G shit, making more baggy fucking Kevin Owen shorts. I'm like, what the fuck is that? It's a uh, it's pretty ballsy. I'm trying to find out. <laughs> ballsy in a bad way or a good way? Like as in balls, they dropped them on Shorty G's chin and was like, yeah, except these nuts. Except them, just terrible. like a, a game of Halo, you know. Like it's it's so bad because the guy is so fucking good. And I mean he's not just praised by our podcast. Like everyone knows how good this guy this cat is. Yeah, dude. So I would I would say maybe you could miss on it. Like it's when the fuck is his contract up? I'm just trying to find that information out. Yeah. Ugh. Another know. problem with them not treating it like a real sport is giving these contract details and trades and trade updates would be something fans were super into on your Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, etc., where you could do news alerts and all sorts of shit uh, because their contract's going to be up no matter what, whether they leave or not. But you can still build storylines around it, just like football and hockey, etc. Because like right now, uh, especially with the quarantine, 
you get weird shit in every sport where it's like, well, the players didn't play for six months, so are we going to pay them for those games or not pay them for those games? Uh, which is very interesting as a sports fan. It's like, well, are you going to fuck the players or not fuck the players? And you can build a whole storyline just out of that, which WWE is not that. They've luckily, the guys that are still there have been paid. Uh, but you get what I'm saying. Like, there's so yeah. much you can do by releasing that contract information. And See, also and just that's... put your nuts out there and be like, yeah, we're paying him $2 million. Brock Lesnar's getting paid $5 million, motherfuckers. <laughs> you want to match that? <laughs> yeah, and and honestly, you you hit the nail right on the head, though. Is That's definitely something that WWE would not consider. That's something, and I mean, as, as much false as either of these guys have, especially Russo, that's something that Russo would think of. That's something that Bischoff would think of. That's something that um, you know Paul Heyman would think of, because it does kind of live. Uh, you bring some reality towards the product, but Vince's it's sports entertainment, Chris. Jeez. I mean, I think Khan's gonna think of it because they own the Jacksonville Jaguars. So the yeah, I could see that happening for sure. The immediate answer to this is eventually they're gonna have a contract situation with someone like Kenny Omega. And they're going to do the CM Punk storyline where he's going to leave. He's not going to leave. They're going to do that because they do classic wrestling storylines that people like. Uh, how WWE fucks up their own shit that they incidentally booked themselves in to begin with is incredible to me. You have two separate brands on two different TV stations. This should be easy. This should be very easy for you with trades and all sorts of crazy shit you could do. Having GMs and like like we talked about Jack like Jack like a Jack Tunney, not necessarily a Triple H, but uh, let's say a uh, like investment head or, or producer from Fox and a producer from USA, whether they're actors or not. There's so much you can do with that. It's it's, it's silly. They don't utilize the- all of the tools around them. How about we have two guys? that dress up and act like Jack Tunney, but for both shows. I mean, is the ghost of Macho Man going to elbow drop both of them? Because that'd be great. Jack Tunney. Jack Tunney, I'm going to elbow drop you. Yep, that's going to happen. Or you can Vader uh, bomb uh, Gorilla Monsoon. Jesus. Good. Remember when that guy, like, asked Undertaker if wrestling was fake and Vader slapped the absolute shit out of him, like, seven times and got arrested? Some crazy news. All right, so the women's tag team championship match, the last match, Bailey and Sasha going against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross. Uh, the breakdown of the match, Cross countered a Banks statement into a pin, but Banks countered that into a crucifix pin of her own to win the match. Bailey and Banks are now... Two-time champions, and Bailey is a current double champion, and they celebrated and celebrated. But what I do have to say is I like a lot of this match. I thought it was a pretty good tag team match. Um, Cross, even though I'm pretty sure she got the pin, she's been looking more like a fucking psycho in these matches, which is reminiscent to you know her old ways, and I wonder if this is going to cause some type of rift between Alexa Bliss. I don't know. I like the fact that it, they took time in part of this match – Bailey gets cocky, tags herself back in. It pisses off Sasha, who doesn't leave the ring at first. Finally does, and is kind of like aggravated. But and Bailey almost screws it up. But then Banks gets back in and then won the match. So 
It's still plants that seed that's still there that really neither one of us want there. But, you know, what are you going to do? Um, and, uh, yeah, I thought it was a good match. I think that this is better than the, the others being uh, Alexa and um, Nikki being champions. I just don't know what the hell this means, really. Are we going to see Bailey and uh, Sasha maybe on um, NXT in the future? Why don't you use some of the fucking females there? Anyways. I, I mean, I think it's a way to rotate Sasha back to Raw. <laughs> it's honestly the honest answer. Poor Sasha. She fucking doesn't want to work for this company, but is still working for this company. <laughs> and is still a huge main event. Like, Bailey is Bailey. She's there, right? Sasha's going to have to do whatever she's got to do for the next, like, I think she's got that Kevin Owens 2023 deal, so she's fucking stuck. Um, it's fine. I mean, they're going to wrestle the Iconics. I think what you should do is build teams off the NXT roster, like good tag teams. Yeah. I, the match itself was fine. It's weird, a main event that wasn't really... I mean, if you're going to pump a, a female tag team title match you should really pump they should have pumped it on wall more i'm like this is what's happening check it out sasha and bailey the original female tag team champions the first are getting the title back uh you get what i mean like you gotta yeah because it it just seemed like it was just thrown together and like you know and also nikki cross I think some of her in-ring work is really good, but this, like, thing where she runs out on the stage and, like, stammers around like she's Beavis, which is the only thing I can compare it to. Oh, my God. <laughs> she's just basically like, yeah! <laughs> uh, I'm over. I'm done with. Because it's not crazy. It's not, like, I I, I know crazy people. <laughs> None of them act like that. I don't think it was ADD. None of them act like that. Uh, so the the whole like spread legs stammering shit that she does, I'm just over. It's ran its course, especially with her and uh, Alexa. I'm just kind of over it. Because Alexa just basically no sells it. She doesn't try to like calm her down, right? Like if Alexa was trying to calm her down for the match, it would work better. So that they're yeah. a cool, calm, collective tag team. But Alexa just, like, basically fucking ignores her. <laughs> and she comes out, and she's like, yeah! And she runs around like a fucking idiot. At least when she was with Sanity, or not Sanity, fucking, whatever Eric Young's team was in NXT. It was like, she was, I, I don't want to say an afterthought, but she was a small part of a thing, so it didn't seem as exaggerated as it is. Now it seems super exaggerated, and after two years, I'm kind of done with it. Especially because, like, one, Alexa Bliss doesn't even fucking like her in storyline. It's actually kind of a dick. So we have, like, one teammate that doesn't like the other teammate, and one teammate that doesn't like the other teammate in a fucking tag title match. That you've told me, you as a viewer, you've told me they don't fucking like each other. They just deal with each other, whatever. Like, I mean, at least with the Iconics, you're like, ah, oh, they're friends. <laughs> it makes sense that they're a tag team. <laughs> or like Carrie Zane and uh, Asuka, it seems like they're pretty close. Like, a tag team should be, I mean, even some of the Midnight Express, like, you know, they're both heels, but they're heels together. You know, they're in it together. That's the part of a tag team, the Usos, the New Day. 
there's that camaraderie that matters the club uh when you the young bucks like you can't sell me on a tag team that doesn't care about each other unless the immediate answer is they're dropping the titles right after they win them and they're splitting but they give us tag teams that are always on the cusp of splitting but never splitting it's fucking stupid and it and like not from the tag like not from the standpoint of female tag team wrestling because i think it could be done very very well it's just wwe has done a very shit job (laughs) of doing it yeah man they just they've done a terrible job and nikki cross when you were describing her i had to let you know that uh she kind of reminds me her mannerisms of uh the the like wild jungle boy from the wild uh thornberries you know, the ones that make all the weird noises and shit. <laughs> Sorry, I had to say that. I mean, yeah, it's, I pretty, I, I agree it's, with you. it's pretty much that. It's so over-exaggerated in her, like, you're going into a match. If you're a tag team partner, you would calm her down. Because when she was in NXT, it wasn't that. Like, yes, she was crazy and could turn on that next level or whatever when needed. Like, she can cross body block the fuck out of a giant member of war machine or whatever through a, a guardrail uh when needed but like what they're doing with her is just it's it's bad because nikki cross is actually a, a phenomenal wrestler but the character yeah. they're asking to play which is, it's just very 80s feeling and not realistic to almost with what we know about almost jimmy elements. valiant but a little bit more over the top well i mean like Seth Rollins, for instance, right? He's on the brink of losing his mind. Yep. If the opposite is you, you've lost your mind. Are you Looney Tunes like Daffy Duck losing his mind, or are you more like Seth Rollins, where you're thinking about murdering someone? <laughs> it just doesn't work. And if you have a tag partner who is sane and uh, normal. <laughs> They should be the one calming you down <laughs> during no, these I, scenarios. I agree. I agree. It's just, it's just dumb. But uh, yeah, whatever. They lost the titles. No one cares. I mean, like Sasha, this storyline is drug on. We've been talking about this feud for three years. So WWE, no one gives it's a shit. It's just another layer, bro. It's just another layer. <laughs> like, All you right. You totally channeled your Russo with that, bro. You're like, it's just another layer, bro. It's just another lay. It's just don't another understand. lay, yeah, bro. Don't even worry about it, bro. It's about a, a romance. All right, so we have NXT TakeOver in your house. That better have that set. Uh, I wish it was on Saturdays. Like, I really hope they don't move them to Sundays. I like my pay-per-views, especially the good ones, on Saturday night so I can enjoy the next day, especially if I had a couple drinks, you know, instead of having to go the fucking next day to work. But it's tomorrow night. And uh, we should definitely go over these matches, give our predictions real quick. Well, did um, you hear the uh, the big announcement for this? No. What's up? So Shawn Michaels is going to be on the event. Shawn uh, Waltman, I think, is going to be there. Uh, Scott Hall and Triple H is doing an after interview on his Twitter live about the event. So... I would say some shit is going to happen at this event with the fact that they're throwing a bunch of superstars at it. 
the hmm. why they didn't publicize this on any of their mainstream TV shows is baffling. But on their Twitter and on their uh, do you think Tyson's gonna be there? I hope so. Just to punch Sean again, that'd be great. Sean's That's like, awesome, he, punched the, he punched the shit out of me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, he's kind of an asshole. So, so Stone Cold probably gave him an extra hundred to like really lay it in. <laughs> hey man, if you can just take this and just what? Punch him right in the face. Uh, he's really dick. <laughs> what? He's a douchebag. You know, Bret Hart got me over, and he's a real asshole to him. So like, here's an extra hundred if you hit him real hard. What? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> All right, so uh, these matches, all of them seem like pretty good uh, matches. It seems like this pay-per-view will probably be, I mean, even though it's six matches, it might be longer than they are normally, but will still be a hell of a lot shorter uh, than, what is it, Backlash coming up? Either way, first match that we're going to go over, this is the not the exact order of matches, just how it's listed. Uh, Finn Balor versus Damian Priest. Um you know, I'm, I'm kind of confused on this one because, all right, if they do it in some way where Imperium gets involved, I guess that's an easy out because we're still setting up eventually the UK title with him and Walter. Um, so they could do that. But you would think if we take that away from this, Finn could use a win, especially even the way how it happened, losing to Cameron Grimes. Uh, but Damian Priest really could use a win, especially a – uh, win against Finn Balor, which would help him out. So I'm actually going to go Damian Priest, and I actually think it will be some fuckery with Imperium coming out, causing some shit, and then it ends up uh, with maybe not even Damian rolling him up or anything like that, but giving him his finisher and taking out Finn Balor. But I hope it's a good fight, and I've seen Damian do some pretty cool things in the ring. I'd like to see more of a structured match from him, and he's got a damn good dance partner. Uh, who do you think is going to win, Chris? I think Finn Balor is going to win. He's going to come out with some cool costume. It's takeover after all. It's going to be something really neat. Maybe he's going to be wearing a yeah. bunch of Legos. <laughs> no demon? Oh, demon Finn, Finn Balor would be great. I think they're saving that for the Walter match there, right? So uh, I think. Oh, that's- yeah. Feel like he's gonna. I think he's gonna win. I, he needs to win here. Damian needs to win too. You're not wrong about that, but uh, I feel like the fans are really behind Volter in Imperium, and no one really cares about Damian Priest. So he's just gonna be the guy that's left out to dry on this one because uh, Finn's gonna win. I hope that he still does the double stomp into the second finish that he has because I think that's a good look. And also, yeah, I I I like that better especially because he's kind of playing a tweener character. The, a high spot finish is not like a heel move, uh, which is one thing I love about the bastard Pac is he he changed it. So he still hits his... Uh, it's basically a falcon arrow. He calls it something different. So he hits that the move, red arrow. but then he just immediately puts them into a submission afterwards. And he, yep. now he's doing it towards their back. So he's like, he's trying to actually hurt the person. That's very heelish. Um, so I, I love that shit. Like, I love that psychology of, of taking the next step of, you know, like, I'm going to do this spot, but that's not going to be the finish. Like, the finish is going to be this. Uh, the little bit of the letdown to the fans because you're a heel, so to speak. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Finn's going to win here, and uh, it sets up, you know, Volter versus Finn eventually. 
I do you think Walter is uh, very excited about this vacation he's had since he signed up to only wrestle <laughs> in the UK and they keep bringing him over to America regardless? Well, I guess he hasn't had to worry about it for a while. And I think actually in this case they were supposed to be doing it in the UK, but it got canceled. I forgot where the hell they're they're having the uh, takeover. But um you know, he's doing his thing, and he's still one of the greatest fucking wrestlers that all in NXT. So, he's a uh, awesome, awesome sauce. Also, if you guys are just listening to this and have never seen a Volter match, uh, go watch him versus Tyler Bates, the UK Please. NXT. So good. Tyler Bates is great. Volter murders this man. It's incredible. It's a great wrestling match. One of my favorites from 2019. For sure. Yep. Um, all right. So we have a pretty awesome, I think, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of three on three tag matches, but the ladies they're using, um, I think this is an awesome match that they added to it. And I like how NXT can provide you with actually having a reason for all these girls collectively on both sides, not to like any of the other girls uh, because of the matches that they led up with them. Uh, you know, Tegan has a problem, obviously, with Candice LeRae, obviously has had problems with Dakota Kai and Raquel because of that. And then you have Shotzi, who, same type of situation, and Mia Yim with Candice, and Mia Yim with Dakota Kai. So they've built this really well. It's three-on-three. Three. I think it's going to be a Candice win against someone or a Tegan win. But I don't know. It's hard for me to pick the babyface team or the heel team. It kind of makes sense for possibly Tegan to get a a uh, win over Dakota Kai, I'm going to assume. So I'm going to go with Tegan Knox winning it for her, her team. But this should be an awesome uh, women's uh, – or just, just wrestling match in general. But uh, how do you like this three-on-three, three, Chris? Well, we kind of talked about it on the last show. But, uh, man, I feel like the babyface team is going to win here, mostly because I think Johnny Gargano is going to win later because of the way that storyline's tied together. Uh, but Tegan Knox, I think, gets the win. Or Shotzi. One of those two. Cool if it was Shotzi. It would be cool if it was Shotzi, because I think there's a lot of things that you could set up with her. And also, like, what's Ruby Riot doing, and why haven't you made them a tag team? No shit, man. Because Ruby Riot is fucking great in the ring. And so is Shotzi, and they could have very good matches against a lot of, like, if you were like, Chris, do you want to see a tag team match with Ruby Riot and Shotzi Blackheart versus Bailey and Sasha? I'm like, fuck yeah, I want to see that. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> why would I not want to see that? That sounds awesome. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean... They seem like they're pushing Shotzi, so maybe she gets the pin. Or I'm assuming the biggest heel in the company, Tegan Knox, is going to get the pin. <laughs> the shiniest. <laughs> I, I was about to correct correct you. <laughs> uh, you're funny. Um, all right, but uh, yeah, that 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 match should be pretty damn fast paced and uh, should be an awesome match. We have the North American Championship, Keith Lee going against Johnny Gargano. And this should be an awesome match, and I really think that Johnny's going to take that title away from Keith Lee, uh, be a two-time North American champion, 
just so he can shove that concept down everyone's throats because that's the way that he's going with his heel work. And, you know, if, if you're going to do it, it makes sense to really commit to it. There can be fuckery. There can be reasoning of why uh, Keith Lee gets some type of advantage taken from him because, you know, Johnny's a heel. So, But I, I think this is going to be a fun match. Both guys know how to work in the ring. I'm looking forward to seeing Keith Lee work with a very athletic small guy as opposed to what he usually works with. So it'll be it'll be fun to see the two of them play off, but I think Johnny's going to win it and be a two-time North American champion. What do you think, Chris? Chris? Um, did my volume go down? Hey, I think we lost you, buddy. I'm trying to take long enough pauses that if we have to stop this, then, you know, you can take it from it. Or if we figure it out, that's so weird. I don't hear a guy. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think for sure that Johnny Gurk there's uh there's there's things that i feel like might move soon and also like i said earlier i think candace larray is going to lose that match so johnny gargano winning here he's someone that stated that he wants to be in nxt and stay in nxt with champa as long as he can uh so to some extent it just it makes sense that that might be the end result is Johnny Gargano wins here and can the match to whoever she gets. I'm thinking Tegan could be wrong, um, but I do think there will be some sort of fuckery, as you said. Some sort of fuckery. Yes. Well, uh, let's get to the next match. This is uh, uh, this might be my. I don't know. Most anticipated, it could be with Tommaso Ciampa and Karrion and Karrion Cross. Um, what's Scarlett going to do throughout this match? Uh, that's going to, you know, chomp away at Ciampa, but I'm just, um, and just, I mean, this brawling, this should kind of be I'm trying to think of like how to say this stylize the way of the match. It should be a brawl with both guys aggressive as hell, kind of like. I don't know if you did like Undertaker and and Austin back like in 97 or something like that. Like they should be beating the living hell out of each other. But Cross just keeps on. He's just that one level over with the domineering. And you can give a point where Cross or it looks like Chop is going to win. You can cause Scarlett to have something to do with it. Or you can have just Cross just have a good, you know, uh, fair win over Tommaso Ciampa. And uh, that's where I think they should go. And I think that Karrion Cross is going to win this. Uh, Chris, what do you think? Squash match. Really? I think that he should absolutely dominate Ciampa and Ciampa come back as the Blackheart underdog. Like to, to talk about in promos how he underestimated his opponent, he underestimated his ability. He wasn't really ready for this match coming back. Um, I think that's the way to go with Ciampa's character to get the crowd behind him, and it's also a really great win for Cross. That's what I would do, especially on a pay-per-view, because you never see squashes on a pay-per-view. 
hardly ever, I mean, outside of like Brock Lesnar matches, but this is the time to build your Brock Lesnar for NXT, which Cross could be that guy. Um, you should just fucking just straight beat him. Like, whip his ass, beat him in the center of the ring, and then now you you can, st- like, there's your storyline is Ciampa's got to come back. And I feel like the crowd will get behind him on that. Do you think I'm, do you think I'm, like, crazy on that thought of, like, if Ciampa loses, the crowd's going to be more hot for Ciampa than they were before? I mean, back and get in the win. No, and I think this is definitely a possibility. I just personally don't want to see that happen. Um, just for one, maybe squash. Watch. Maybe squash is too hard of a word, but uh, no. I mean, if you're gonna do it, you gotta do it, it, it to be effective. So, I mean, if if it's gonna be a squash match, it's gonna be a squash match. I mean, but watching a pay per view, we get the Killer Cross and Tommaso Ciampa. That happens, and I'm gonna be like. Okay, well, that fucking sucks. But I'll understand why they did it just to help out Cross, and that will definitely make a statement. So I get it. I get it. There's a, there's a perfect storyline that already fits this, which is when Brock Lesnar came back and fought John Cena, and he murdered him. Killed he him. suplexed the absolute shit out of him for 10 and minutes. He killed Orton. And then, and then John Cena came back and won, and they gave no follow-up on that's a WWE problem, but with NXT, if if you have Killer Cross kill this guy, <laughs> right, murder him in the center of the ring, everyone's gonna be hot for Champa. Because they're gonna be hot for Champa anyways. He's an NXT legend. Like that guy is, he's gonna be synonymous with that company, just like Samoa Joe and uh, yeah, AJ Styles are synonymous with Ring of Honor and uh, TNA. He's just that guy. So when he comes back and and beats him can make it even bigger and better so i i don't think it has to be a squash you can have have some offense but like i would look at what you've done previously with uh brock and and john cena for instance where brock just fucking demolishes the guy would be great for his character and i, I know he has a manager he's got a mouthpiece but the mouthpiece should be kind of like paul Heyman in this situation with killer cross at least in my opinion of the size of the roster and, and what they're going for, especially because they also have the other demonic kind of guy in <laughs> Loomis. <laughs> oh God, that painting. What the fuck? Anyways. Yeah, but I agree with you. It, it is a, is very plausible. Um, but the last two matches I think are the ones that everyone's looking forward to. The next one probably being the one, that potentially could be match of the night. Triple threat match, which, like we keep on saying, just like with three-on-three or four-on-four, can get crappy (laughs) very easily. But between Charlotte, Flair, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai, I think this could be a damn good match. Um, I think that this is going to be hard-hitting. I think that it... I don't know. I I think this is going to be a damn good match. And I think... Unfortunately, this is where Charlotte departs, but she doesn't lose the title. And as much as I would love to see Io Shirai take that belt or, or pin Rhea Ripley to get that belt and be a champion for the first time, <laughs> it sounds like they want her on main. So I think it's going to be Rhea uh, pinning Io. And I kind of thought that before hearing about her going up there, even though I would rather. But I love Rhea Ripley, too, so 
What do you think is going to happen this match, Chris? Well, on the last show, I predicted Io, but then they came out of the woodwork that she's destined for Maine, so it wouldn't make sense to put the title on her. Um, so I think Rhea's probably going to win over Io, and then that sets up your WrestleMania match. Because they're already thinking to WrestleMania, by the way. It's going to be Charlotte versus whoever holds this NXT title, and I think they've done a good job of building it. Uh, because Charlotte's going to go back probably to Raw and just whip wholesale ass for the next six months. So if you're not a Charlotte fan, uh, sorry. <laughs> like, so, sorry for you guys. But uh, I think the main event would probably probably be Rhea or, or Io. And either is a good match. I mean, they've already taken the steam off Asuka at this point. You, it's going to be impossible to rebuild her to the point where she was. Um, coming out of NXT. So they could do a tag team with her and Carrie again. Um, but I do think that uh, you're going to see a lot of Charlotte in the near future because Becky is going to be out for at least seven months and probably three months after having a child. If we're being completely honest. And maybe even more. She could just hang it up and not wrestle again, which good for her. Like, fuck it. Like, Seth's still wrestling. He's making money. You made lots of money. Uh, the man's man. You know, like, you don't have to wrestle forever. You gave us a lot, Becky. We appreciate it, especially that four-way match in NXT. So. Uh, but the end goal, like, I mean, for them, they got to get Charlotte back on Raw because she's their biggest star in the female division. Outside yep. of Asuka. But that's their match, right, is Asuka versus Charlotte. So Asuka's going to kill Nia. And then it's going to be Charlotte versus Asuka. So definitely Charlotte's dropping the title here. Uh, the interesting part, like like you said, is we heard the rumor of EO getting called up, which I'm assuming is to SmackDown. Because that would make sense on their roster. Uh, so Which I think Rhea carries the NXT title. Which there's nothing wrong with that. I think Rhea is going to be a great champ for NXT. And they have, like, they, they're still stacked. They still have a great roster there. With Tia Knotts, Dakota Kai, Mia Yim, they have like a lot of good shit uh, for whoever wins this title to do. I agree. All right, well, our last match of the evening, the last chance bar, or backlot brawl uh, between Adam Cole, the NXT champion, going against the Velveteen Dream. If Dream loses, he can no longer challenge for NXT championship while Adam Cole is still champion. This is it. So it's a backstage brawl. Once again, we got another probably segmented match. We're going to get lots of weirdness and going everywhere. Hopefully it's not like that. Hopefully it starts off in the ring, goes backstage, kind of like an old school hardcore match that you would see. Um, and it's fun. It has, it's just worry about the fucking wrestling. As I have to say with all these other ones that have happened. But either way, I feel like Adam Cole is going to win. Um, and kind of speaking to which, the thing that I was referring to earlier was a notification that I got from Bleacher Report in which Adam Cole, and I mean he could be saying anything, clarifies that he is pretty much like Gargano and Ciampa, like a NXT guy. Like, what do you want to do after – uh, NXT was a question. He says, I have no idea. Like, this is what I want to do. I've, you know, I've been here for such a long time. Now, I'm not saying that that could change, 
But apparently he loves NXT. He works with his idol, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, a bunch of amazing other people that are creative as hell, like Jeremy Borash, um, Terry Taylor, and a lot of other guys in the back. And he's building NXT to a basically an alternate towards their other programming. And people are watching both NXT and AEW because they like them better because they were the more of the wrestling shows. So I get it. But at the same time, I don't know. It's going to be interesting once this contract's out. But just weird that we were talking about that and he addressed it in an interview uh, that he's pretty much after he's going to resign and and it's he's he's uh he's there for life, Chris. Well, if you're there for life, why haven't you signed it yet? I don't know. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> uh, what do you think is gonna happen with this match? Do you think it's gonna be another kind of not cinematic but segmented, you know, like something they pre-recorded? And do you think it's gonna be good? And do you think Velveteen Dream is going to lose again to Adam Cole? If he loses, I'm assuming the rumors are true. He's going into SmackDown or Raw. I think it's going to be good. I'm going to give the win to Velveteen Dream after drunken Jeff Hardy runs over uh, Adam Cole with a golf cart. Too it's going to be great, North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> Too soon with the golf cart. The Hardy boys love golf carts, apparently. Uh, no, all jokes aside, I, I think Velveteen picks up the win here. And... Adam Cole, I don't know. If I'm him, I'm not re-signing that contract. I want to see what the market's like. Because he can go he can go to multiple places and be a really big guy. Yep. So in in work a similar schedule. Like I said, the advantage of if he's staying if he's gonna be the guy that stays in NXT forever, then great. Because that's a very like lax work schedule for him where he's like I said, he doesn't have to travel. He just lives there and drives there or whatever and does TV events. Like That's a lot of the reason why a lot of WCW people loved working in WCW before they went to Nitro in 95 or whatever is because they just did taped events like the territories used to do. You could just live in an area, go do the taped event, and then come back home. Um, so, it, I mean, if that's his thing. But like you said, he has other reasons to go other places. <laughs> well, now we're seeing from different outlets that uh, apparently he's at least stating that he did sign a multi-year WWE contract. This was five hours ago from uh, Ringside News, uh, getting it from Bleacher Report originally. Um, trying to find that quote that he just said. Either I'll way. Believe, I'll believe it when Uncle Dave says it in the newsletter. So uh, I <laughs> just, just found out stuff. Uh, I can't find the quote that he had saying that he was an NXT boy for life, but it, it, I, I I read it. Uh, anyways, but, I mean, what does that even mean? You're so him, Tommaso Ciampa, and Johnny Gargano. As long as Shawn Michaels is there, they're gonna stay there and you know and cuddle with him on a couch and watch movies together. I mean, that's great, but AEW is consistently changing. They're trying to build new stars. They're bringing people in. I honestly, that was was a rude concept. I honestly think they're trying to make NXT as big as a brand as some of the other ones. So they don't just look like, you know, a level down from AEW basically, which is where, where they are. I mean, I mean, that's going to, that's going to happen naturally by re-signing guys that you didn't move to main roster though. Yeah. 
which sucks for them. But then they also get guys that they turn the stars, which because, you know, NXT is pretty good at that. I mean, well, by turning in them into stars, you mean like Velveteen Dreams moving to uh, Maine and so is like, you know, Matt Riddle, the guys that you're no, moving to. I know. Well, I mean, uh, Matt Riddle is a weird case, but I think that Velveteen Dream, both me and you can agree that he's been simmering for a long time. We've been waiting when the fuck they were going to pull him up, especially with all the, you know, all the praise from Hulk Hogan and and, and fucking um, The Rock and fucking, uh, whatchamacallit, different people out there, the John Cena's, you know. But with with Matt Riddle, I have no idea. I thought he pissed people off. So it's a very interesting. I think Dominic Dijakovic is because of his height. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, he's like, going to get his head. He's going to get his head kicked off. Like, that's why he's there. He's going to he's probably going to become the new the new test, which will be <laughs> interesting. Um, test test was an actually a pretty agile guy for his size. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure that Dijakovic's not going to care if he's getting paid like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars to just catch a Claymore kick like every four weeks. He's also some, <laughs> but he's someone that you could put him against Braun Strowman and he, you could put him against Seth Rollins and have good matches or a, a, a decent foe, if you will, visually or, for another monster. Or if you want to expand Seth Rollins' brand and still do the Drew McIntyre thing, he could be a bodyguard. There you go. There you go. I agree. But it's, yes. I mean, it, it all ends with him getting fucking Claymore in the head, though. Personally <laughs> to me, <laughs> yeah, that that's damn true. Personally, to me, with Io Shirai, I think she's there to be a foil for, um, for Oscar, uh, specifically. They could try to separate that and put her on a different thing, but I could see her. You know, I don't know where the fuck Bianca is. She's been on main event. That's another person I'd like to see since they called her ass up and they keep on putting her on main event now. What the fuck's up with that? Well, I mean, I just I, I think they're sending Charlotte to Raw because Ben sees Charlotte as a huge star, and they're going to send Io to SmackDown and see what happens. Well, the, what they could do is if they wanted to put Io on the same show, have Io be the reason why, uh, what you call it, Oscar loses to Charlotte, and Charlotte gets a belt, and then you piss off a lot of people. <laughs> Yeah, that would be great. They could do something like that. I mean, everyone's <laughs> going to be pissed. If Charlotte's in a mass match, someone's pissed already. So, doesn't. <laughs> oh, Charlotte's in this match? Fuck this match. It's like, really? <laughs> Bullshit. It's like, you don't remember her versus Sasha like five times that everyone loved and was like, this is the best female wrestling I've ever seen in America? No, nah, they all forget about that. Fuck Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, it's silly. Uh, but what are you going to do? I have no idea. I think that's pretty much all the people that are apparently getting called up. I know that Matt Riddle obviously has been announced. Um, I know, like I said, Drew Gulak, Drake Maverick, they both re-signed. And yeah, it was Io Shirai. I thought there was another female wrestler, Chris. That's what I think I'm screwing up on. But then again, they already have Bianca up, so hopefully they start using her. So uh, like someone I left. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if this is what you're talking about, but uh, is it Cantazaro left to go to Impact and made an Impact debut? Did we talk about that? Yeah, no, she did. She got 
she got let go and she was actually pretty happy about it because she wasn't happy and then she just showed up on uh on uh whatchamacallit uh yeah. impact like yeah. you said promo was fucking terrible by the way so. it wasn't good it was not good what did she call herself the uh Oh my god, what was it? It was something really bad. Just go watch it. That's that's what I would say. Like it's, yeah, I can't remember. It's like the 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 uh, supernova of, of Scarlets or some bullshit like that. It was bad. I was like, you're going to be the person. And also, they still don't have their champion. Tessa Blanchard's still not going anywhere. So, man, that company is in disarray. Talk a little bit about impact right now where tessa has just well, not shown up to any event the past like six and weeks. so there 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 were sayings that she since she lives in mexico with um what's her what's her boyfriend's name uh daga um that she couldn't come over here but now apparently you can you can travel uh so there's not like very unknown reasons but then again we haven't seen phoenix over here i don't know what the hell the level is all well, I know Phoenix is she's also hurt. Ray's hurt, right? Ray Phoenix, she's hurt. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I meant Pentagon because we saw Ray Phoenix on AEW, but we haven't seen Pentagon. Like Pentagon's in Mexico, but with but they also have at their company that if the person doesn't feel safe, that they can stay home. So just like the other ones do. So I don't know what the fuck it is really. It sounds like she's trying to get out of a, a impact contract, is what it sounds like. And I'm not <laughs> trying to be a dick, but. Well, you know, the, her two options, she would help out a lot. Um, yeah, well, yeah, maybe not a good idea to, like, your first <coughs> match go against Sheeta after you made some very fucked up comments towards Japanese wrestlers in stardom. Yeah, probably not. Probably <laughs> that's a good way it. to get, that's a good way to get kicked directly in the face. <laughs> yeah, probably don't want to do that. Sheeta, Sheeta is, uh, as far as professional women athletic performers she's pretty stout for her size <laughs> on the same level as tessa blanchard it might kick her directly in the fucking dome so i don't know if they want, they want to go there <laughs> i don't think they should i don't think they should um yeah i think is that pretty much everything in wrestling news for the rest of this week until our you know we find out tomorrow <laughs> tomorrow night what happens and then we report back with our recording. Not tomorrow Sunday. night, Sunday. Yeah. We're one day. We're wait. No, tomorrow night is Sunday. I thought it was Friday. Fuck. No, I'm wrong. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> no, I have one more night to sleep in. God dang it. This vacation went by so freaking quick. That's the other thing is me and you both are on vacation. So it seems like we're in a time lapse video or something. <laughs> something like that. Or, or at least a uh, culture club video. Do you really want to me? Oh, I was, th- I was thinking like Take On Me where I'm animated and just going through a refrigerator. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> We're here for all the 80s music knowledge <laughs> for you guys. Well, you know what? On that note, I'm going to end this where we're actually, you know, just talking about wonderful stuff but i think that both me and chris are tired and i don't know why we both are on vacation we just said that but you know craziness but either way hope that you guys enjoyed second broadcast for this week of wrestling geeks alliance we love doing this show 
twice a week, recording them on Thursday to go over stuff related to NXT and uh, AEW. And then on Saturday, we record another show to go over Raw and SmackDown. Thank you guys for listening. If you search on any type of downloadable platform, whether it be SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, uh, is Redbox one of them? I have no. That's where you get <laughs> these. Just any of them. Just search Wrestling Geeks Alliance. You'll find out our episodes. And uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much the show. Uh, Chris, say goodbye to the beautiful people out there, and not the ones that that Marilyn Manson were talking about. But they were beautiful, even though Marilyn was talking about them. Uh, <laughs> the beautiful people. Uh, yeah, no, uh, hit me at, at Chris R. Patton on Twitter, on Facebook, Christopher.R.Patton. Hey, you want to talk wrestling? You want to talk sports? I like sports. Talk to me about sports uh, or life problems. You know, I'm here as a counselor during this time of need, if you need. I, I mean, I, I don't know how good I'm going to be at it, but I can try to help you out. Uh, wow, but, you sold that really well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm really great. I'm like the Ric Flair selling myself as a personal counselor. <laughs> Uh, but uh, yeah, like all jokes aside, you guys be nice to one another, as as we've said on this show very many times. And be caring, and be nice to one another. And uh, yeah, like I said, hit me at Chris R Patton on Twitter, Christopher dot R Patton on Facebook. And if you like hockey, if you're a big hockey fan, we got a 2014 playoff oh, yeah. situation happening. 24 teams. It's gonna be nuts. 24 fucking teams. 24 fucking teams, eh? Uh, check it out. Uh, it's going to be great. Uh, the Devils aren't in it, so my team's not in it, so it, it doesn't matter, but I'm going to watch the hell out of it. Uh, so check out the latest episode of At Skates to Throats, uh, which is good. We break down um, contracts, quarantine, because if you're from Russia and you have to go to Canada, there's like a 14-day quarantine before you're able to play uh a lot of weird stuff but anyways check it out i think you guys will like it and uh dane as always love talking to you bud it's a great show thank you uh, you know no problem man it was it was uh it was fun and uh yeah if you guys want to find me out there on social medias you can find me at dane alves on facebook i am also at dane alves 42 i believe on twitter you know let's let's strike a conversation it'll be a fun time and uh, yeah, thank you guys so much out there. Everyone love one another. I know it's so, you know, it kind of sounds cheesy, but seriously. Um, and uh, yeah, Black Lives Matter. Peace out. Thank you guys so much. That's all I got. That's all I got. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs>